Hey guys, how you living? Are you doing well? Good, glad to hear that. So in this episode, my buddy Josh Gregory stopped by to talk about sobriety over the last year and all of the different changes in his life and new, new, uh, newfound uh, ways of thinking and ways of living that that he's going through and uh, helping out uh, folks with issues and sorts and just being a person to listen or being someone to talk to and I'm not going to give any spoilers but this is a long talk and every bit of it is fucking great and you should listen to every second of it but uh Please go to the Facebook page and the Instagram page and the Twitter page at MI Stuff Podcast on all of those and on Twitter it's at MI Stuff Podcast, the number one. <coughs> Excuse me. And also on YouTube, Kelsey Hudgens on YouTube. Please click subscribe. And if the good Lord has laid it on your heart at all, please go to the GoFundMe. And drop some dollars in there because after I upload this episode that is over two and a half hours, I may have reached my maximum limit on anything that on on a shit that I can upload to Podomatic, which means that I'm going to have to upgrade to uh, pro, uh, uh, broadcaster on Podomatic, which means I'm going to end up having to drop like five hundred and forty dollars on an annual membership to do that, or pay the ex pay the forty something dollars a month, which is gonna end up costing me an extra hundred, two hundred bucks in, in the end. But anyway, please drop anything that you can into the GoFundMe, if you will, and uh, I've linked that up on the I've pinned that on every page that I've got, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. I've pinned that to the top of every page that I've got. So please uh, please go do that. If it's in your heart to do so. And if not, just send good vibes. Tell me good things. Tell me what I can do to make this better. Tell me what I can do to uh, enhance the, you, your guys' experience with this because that's inevitably my goal. So anyway, please do that. Uh, you can find, go go uh, go find Joshy on the Facebook if you want to talk to anybody. And I, know, I don't want you to give out your, uh, your digits or anything on here. But if you do need to talk to somebody... And uh, you you just need to need to get something off your chest and talk to somebody. Either one of us, message me, message Joshy on Facebook or any an email address you want to give out or anything. Or um, yeah, you can do Chef Joshy's Kitchen at Gmail dot com, and uh, make sure you J O S H Y S. That's how to spell it. And well done. Yeah. Email something that you know. It, Email is 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 is, a, is like a number you can give out, right? So you don't have to really worry about being blown up all the time. Not that that's an issue, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So and keep keep an eye out for my food trucks. They're coming. coming oh yeah, shortly. Josh's Kitchen food truck coming at you, huh? Trucks, plural. Um, we got a couple different concepts we're working on, so just keep an eye out there. That's um that's my new new sort nice. of adventure. So uh, you know, I don't just do sober. I do food and fun and all kind of stuff too. <laughs> well, I am very proud of you and very glad that you, you're doing that. And, I, and I'm actually very stoked about you listeners that you get to hear this talk because we go we go very deep into some dark territory that we all go to. But it's, it's an elephant in the room that we had no trouble talking about, and that's a huge deal. And um, I'm very excited for you guys to hear this talk. So that being said... I'm going to go ahead and let you get to it. So please, yes, uh, like all of the pages, follow us on all the fronts, and uh, please be good people. In a world full of shitty people, don't be one of those people. Be a good person. Without further ado, 
episode number 115 of In My Stuff podcast featuring Josh Gregory. Enjoy, motherfuckers. Happy St. Patty's Day. Yeah, same to you. Yeah, so anyway, uh, just just to shout back to the for the audio folks, um, we were just talking in the YouTube about uh, you were asking why a lot of the folks who, who watch live or recovering addicts. And I was explaining that it was because uh, a lot of Jamie Deluxe's crowd are also recovering addicts. And that's sort of right up your alley because of what you do. I'm a recovering addict. <laughs> well, you're not, not necessarily a recovering addict, but you, uh, and, uh, but your work with, uh, like you with helping recovering addicts and things like that. And, and, uh, just to, I guess, go a little deeper into, into what we talked about last time where you were just sort of new to the sober game. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been a little more than a year ago or almost, almost a year ago. Probably right there at it. Yeah, somewhere. I was thinking that the other day. Like, I think it's right at a year, man. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I was about six months, six bucks sober or so. Um, and it's been a, uh, right at a year and a half sober for me. So. Yeah, now speak up now so the people, so the good people oh, can hear sorry, you. Sorry, sorry. Speaking to the microphone. Yeah, yeah okay. speak up so the good people can hear you. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but, yeah, so it's been about a year and a half sober for me now. Um, so it's been right at a year since the last time we spoke so it's, it's really cool for me too so i get to see even more sober progression you know that's awesome man so how's it feel well how's it how does it uh how how's it different today than it was the last time we talked here oh man <laughs> um night and day uh you know i'm just looking at the world through a different pair of glasses now it's like like um at first, I felt like everybody was changing. I'm like, yeah. man, they're all changing. Like, what in the world? People are changing right before my very eyes. Like, what's going on? It's like the apocalypse or something. Yeah. You know, I, and I, I was thought I was going kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, but, for sure. But really, what I, when I started deep in, or diving deeper into myself and really, like, turning everything around on myself, I was like, you know what? Everybody's not changing, man. You are. Exactly. That's a really big deal. Yeah. That's the biggest, and I hate to call it an aha moment, but that's one of the biggest aha moments I had. Oh, yeah. It's not them, it's me. Yeah. And and really, that's kind of what the whole thing was that got me into that yeah. was I thought it was all these other people. I could point fingers and say, you know, I wouldn't have done this if it wasn't for you, and I wouldn't have done this if I wouldn't have um, been taught this way. Yeah. That's just the way I was raised or whatever, right. you know, like, but really... I'm an adult. Exactly. And the only person that can take accountability for my actions is me. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's that's a, that's a hard thing to hear. Yeah, I got music, too. It's, it just shows up from, I think, Nick, through the wall or somewhere. <laughs> it's cool. These headphones and microphones are just really, really strong. What's up, Abby? I see you out there. Good to see you in hey, the yeah. chat there. What's up? Um, but, uh, but, yeah, that's, that's a... That's that's progression, man. Yeah. That's one hundred percent progression and just getting to the point where you realize that yeah, you are in control of your you're in control of everything. That whole you can do anything you put your mind to thing is truer than they than they tell you yeah. when you're a kid. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're in constant control of your destiny. God, man. I mean, I was just saying earlier that uh 
<coughs> excuse me. Um, a guy I was working, the guy I was working with me really early on, um, and introduced me to this life. Um, yeah. He kept kind of saying like, man, you keep doing this and, and Josh, you can do whatever you want to do. And it, yeah. it sounded a lot like a parental figure saying that, like, he's just saying that because he has to, Yeah. he's just saying that because that's the right thing to say. But about three months ago, or no, maybe even less than that, um, my world just kind of flipped upside down again. I, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was closing my business. I, uh, I have this other business. I, I wanted to get started. All this shit, just just, yeah. just like stuff. And I was kind of confused because I'm like, wait a minute, man. I'm 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 doing the right thing supposedly. I'm not drinking or using drugs anymore. Yeah. Like, th- what else can I do? I help whenever I can. I'm doing all this stuff, and like, it just didn't it didn't make sense to me. Because I, I, I couldn't make a definitive decision. I had one toe in the water and one toe in the sand, and I couldn't really decide which way to go. You know, like uh, it, again, everything just seemed confusing. Yeah. And this is this is recently. This you know within two, uh, two months or so ago. But then I finally made a couple decisions, like just hard nosed decisions of, okay, you know, uh, pros and cons, and, and sometimes you got to write it down. Yeah, sure. And that's not how I normally handle things. Normally Same I go man. to the bar and go, <laughs> I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure this out. Yep, yep. And then, you know, and then by the third, you don't care anymore. It don't matter what decision you make. And oh, so yeah. like now when I'm faced with these things, I kind of, I kind of balk. I'm like, uh, you know, like I don't know when to pull the trigger. I don't, I, cause I'm so scared. Let's, I don't want to create any more damage than I already have, you know? So I'm just trying to live. So that's the part with these things of sobriety is you're approached with these little things in life that you've never done sober. Oh yeah. What, you, you've been sober in the moment, but when it came down to the decision making, the time, that's when you were looking for all those outside influences that you weren't getting shit from. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that you weren't learning any lesson, you were covering it up. So now by association, are you saying that you think that any idea that you have when you're drinking is not a good idea? Um I think it's not clear. Okay. Okay. I think you can have great ideas yeah, while yeah, you're drinking, sure. and you can have some really shitty ones. But how many great ideas have you had drinking, and you woke up the next day, and it was exactly the same idea? It might be a, a version oh, of yeah. that idea. For sure. There might be the meat of it, but it ain't, you almost don't want it to be the same. I mean, I, I can give you an example real quick. Uh, a guy we all know, I'm not going to mention his name. Um, uh, we hung out real late one night, and we started writing these skits. And, and we were crying, laughing. We were like, this is genius. People are going to buy this. And then like a week later, he's like, do you still have all those notes? And I said, yeah, let's, let's look over them. And they didn't make sense. <laughs> they were the most ridiculous. Like we were that's like, we thought that was funny. And that's, you know, it, it was for me, that was probably about a year before I got sober. And that was one of my defining moments of, whoa, dude, you really yeah. thought that was a good idea. How many times have you done that before where you really thought that was a good idea? 
And, oh yeah, for sure. You know, and that's that's like, I don't know. Again, to more consequences than this situation, even. Yeah, yeah, and so again, one of those def- defining moments, if you will. But so like all this this stuff's going on, and I'm like I'm confused because I'm I feel like I'm doing the right thing. I'm living yeah. on this right path, and it, it's things aren't just really happening. So I make some I make some really definitive decisions, and I said, you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with it. I'm, I'm gonna have faith for once. This is I, I've been. You know, I have trust and faith in God, and and if that's if you're gonna have faith, there you go. Absolutely. <laughs> here's your here's your here's your chance. Yeah. You know, like it's kind of like praying for patience. You don't pray for patience, man, because it will. You, you oh, yeah, God yeah. will say, here you go. You, you want some patience? Yeah, you get to that. <laughs> no problem, man. Here's, Abby Abby here says 31 years clean. That's awesome, Abby. Yeah, that's uh, incredible. I, and I. Uh, uh, I'm shooting on. I'm going on year four right now. I'm in year three, so the next next year will actually be my one year anniversary because Leap Day will come back around again, <laughs> and that's when I quit drinking. That's hilarious. Yeah, right. So next year I'll be one year sober. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> but but no, uh, and I don't know how much you can talk about what you actually like the actual work you do and or or for what reason. Sure. Um, but. Do you see that there are certain similar and I, and I can and I can ask this question completely ignorantly because I, I don't know for sure and of course I've you know been had a lot of experience with alcoholics mm-hmm. because I am one sure you know and I and I've got a lot of experience with I mean I would say that up ninety ninety plus percent of our friends are alcoholics and 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 I'm not saying that in a demeaning way either I'm just saying that as a matter of fact way well, I was too and I am. I don't think you ever stop being that. Yeah. But we start, but I have a lot of experience with that. But outside of, outside of that, I don't really have a lot of experience with other, other addicts of other, you know, drugs and such. Right. So wonder, and like I said, we talked a little beforehand. I don't know how much you can divulge on, on air, but do you want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the similarities between people's addictive personalities or is everybody different is, is everybody's addictive personality as different as their regular personality <laughs> that's that's pretty good or we need to write that down for sure uh, well <laughs> we got it somebody somebody check that yeah um, you know it, it's it's evolving for me um yeah when i when i first went and got help i was like i don't identify with a lot of these people but the more I, you know, I kind of stayed around. The more I listened, the more I, you know, I took suggestions. I was like, "We're kind of all in the same boat." Oh, absolutely. And and it's it that's that's the easiest way to describe it. Is man, it don't matter what your problem is. It don't yeah. matter what you're you're obsessing about. You're, you're obsessing about it for some reason. Yeah. Like the problem wasn't. The, the drink or the drug, you're doing that for some reason. Absolutely. Escape, uh, self-pleasure, whatever it may be. And that's the scary part is finding out what the hell that reason is. Oh, yeah. Because if you want to stop something that you do every damn day, that you think about almost every minute, you better find the reason why you're doing it in the first place. That's a huge truth. Man, and you, you're not going to gain any ground until you kind of do so. You know, you can stay away from the drink. You can stay away from the drug. But if you don't do any work to stay away from it, it's basically creeping back to you. It's 100%. Your, your alcoholic mind that you 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 know that is going to be with you until the day you die. Yep. That's, this is a... Um, 
unfortunately a terminal disease, but it's it can last a long time. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? And that's that's the thing, and that's that's a hard truth to face. But if you look at it like that, I was just telling a guy today. I said, man, imagine like you know going to get help like this. You went to the doctor, and a doctor told you you have a rare form of cancer, a rare disease, and yeah. it's terminal. But he can keep you alive and healthy as long as you come to the doctor one hour, maybe five times a week, maybe just maybe every week. If the doctor said, come to my office for an hour a day, every day, and I'll keep you alive, I'm pretty sure you're going to go to that doctor yeah. and you're going to do whatever that doctor told you to do because Absolutely. you have a disease and it's going to kill you if you don't address it. It is That's what he just told you. Here you go. And so it kind of breaks it down. Usually people that are real new go, well, now that you put it that way, you know, maybe it is worth my time of, you know, yeah. going going to get, take some suggestions and getting some help and talking to somebody about it, man. You know, the only the best results um, through, uh, you know, years and years of studying addicts and alcoholics, they all kind of come back to the same thing. The best results or from actual addicts. Oh yeah. It's from the from people who's been there. Yeah, well they 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 don't need maps. They know the way. Exactly. I mean, you go to a doctor, now most doctors are going to identify with alcoholism. Oh, for most sure. doctors are going to drink. But you go to a doctor with multi multi addictions, different kind of things, they don't really know cuz they're not they, they haven't been down that road. They can say, oh, well, I can prescribe you this for anxiety and this to help you sleep and whatever else. But that that's not finding out the, the real problem, why you're doing it in the first place. Now he's now you're replacing it with some other shit. Oh, absolutely. You know, and so, but it's not the doctor's fault because again, they don't teach that shit in medical school. Not that I know of. Oh yeah. You know, like you like, don't see that. This is how you deal with a guy that's addicted to uh, sex, crack, and alcohol. They're like, uh, <laughs> you know, like. Well, that's what I was asking. I, I wonder if people's addictive personalities are that much different from their like everyday personalities, like their normal. Their actual personalities, because like I think maybe the same vein that makes someone addicted to sex, alcohol, drugs, eating, uh, whatever fucking have you, whatever makes these people addicted to that is probably stemming from the same source amongst all people. Like whatever makes people addicted, like it's all like you say going back to some sort of trauma that they've had in their life that they are trying to counter. Yeah. With whatever it is that they're doing, and like I've been there, and I've had a lot of realization and talking to myself in these podcasts on episodes when I don't have a guest, and I'm just like kind of just literally talking, mm-hmm. and I'll realize that like yeah, there is there was a reason that I was drinking, and once you realize the reason why you were drinking, very shortly after quitting, once you realize that you know why you were why it was going the way it was going, then you know it's. It, it makes it understandable, and then you sympathize with other folks who have issues like that because you know that they were also going through something that was equally as bad as whatever it was you were going through. Right, right. Do you do you find that as well? Like like where you can uh, you you try to find common ground with? Well, sure. I mean, it definitely helps when you uh, you know you identify more with someone, but sometimes. 
it's almost one of those kind of aha moments when you identify with someone that's completely opposite yeah. from you. And you're like, and you, you kind of boil back and you're like, it don't matter if you were over here and I was over here, we both ended up right here. Yeah. Why the hell did we both end up right here? You were on Wall Street and I was on Crack Street. Yeah. But we both in the same. <laughs> oh, yeah, for <laughs> sure. You know, and so it, 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 that's the thing about, you know, this whole um, illness, whatever you want to call it, man. You know, the, uh, I'm not even going to get into the um, it's not a disease. It's not this, you know, call it an illness. I don't care what you call it. It's an epidemic, man. Most of the people you said it, most of the people we know are alcoholics, man. I mean, I, I strategically placed these people in my life on purpose for oh, the yeah. last 20 years because I was an alcoholic. So in order for you to hang out with me, you kind of needed to be able to drink with me. Oh yeah. You know, and vice versa. Same, I, yep. You know, like Same. I, that's, that's, that was a really, um, uh, hard truth to face when I got sober was like, again, one of those things where, dude, you did that. You did this. Yeah. You did this yourself. Exactly. Nobody yeah. can take that away from you. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's, you know, I try to tell people um, when they're new and they're scared and they're like, how the hell am I going to live my life because I've done it so long? How am I going to stop? You know, it, I deal with all my problems this way. Yeah. Not only do I deal with my problems this way, I deal with celebrating this way. You, you deal with the worst times in your life and the best times in your life, both with the same shit. That's really interesting. And that- that's. That's scary, man. Yeah, that's really interesting that something can be used for both celebration and remedy. Like, very rarely are something like a... Bro, it's easy to go, woohoo, happy new year, or to my homie. Yeah, exactly, or, well, shit. I guess, you know, I guess I'm not going to make rent this month. May as well go ahead and just... That was my deal, man. I was just financial issues, just financial worry. And I was talking about that the other day, just going through financial issues is literally the fucking worst and it won't there's nothing that can there's nothing that can fix that but you know getting off your ass and figuring out you know what you need to do to fix it but for so long I would be like, okay, well, I guess I don't want to think about I might be getting kicked out of my apartment tomorrow I may as well just go go down to Tito's and suck down as much rumple as I can hold and then come back here long enough to pass out and not care not care yeah just to erase worry Mm -hmm. but also it's my birthday i want to go out and have a good time i'm going to go out and drink enough rumple so i can come back here and pass out and have a good time yeah it's so funny that like the same if somebody was taking uh antibiotic to get rid of an infection and then the infection was no longer there and they continue to take the antibiotic they would people would be like hey what are you doing but that's not the case with with alcohol and and you said that you do a lot of work with uh heroin cases as well. Yeah, man. And, and that's that's a crazy, you know, do you notice any similarities there or is that like a different beast altogether? Ooh, um similarities, yes. Different beast, yes. And that's Okay. That's the kind of, that's uh, that's the only well, only way I can put it right now. Um but I will say even that has evolved because yeah, sure. a year ago I I, I don't I, I wasn't really working with anybody anyway, but a year ago, I would have kind of shied away from that because I said, hey, I hadn't been there. You want to know somebody that's been there or whatever. But after you know being around it and realizing what kind of epidemic is around this area and the, the young people and, oh, my God, man, it, it is – 
It is unbelievable. That's so sad, you man. Know, yeah. And, and you know, I, I was in a rock band for 25 years, bro. I was right in the middle of it. And that just wasn't around. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, but like, not like it wasn't around, you know, you, you yeah, were exactly. old, you, you were, you'd been doing it a while and, and you, I don't know, I, honestly, in 25 years of being on the road, it was never offered to me once, not once. And, and so th- somehow I, yeah. I, I skimped through it and th- I never went down that road. Thank God. If I did with my addictive personality, we probably wouldn't be sitting here, brother. Yeah. And I, I hate to think that for those not familiar, brother Joshy here, one of the most talented percussionists I've ever played with was don't laugh. Motherfucker. You know, it's the truth. <laughs> spit my coffee on you. A uh, uh, member of 10 toes up. And uh, Google Google YouTube Ten Toes Up. There's a lot of awesome video out there, you guys. Original songs and fucking... Y'all ran this game around here for a very long time. <laughs> At least a decade. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we had a good time. There was a... Um, I actually got to go out to lunch with uh, one of the members... Uh, about two weeks ago, and man, we had we had about a three hour coffee. Um, Those are great. It was uh, it was it was man. I, I, you know, we got to share a lot of memories. We were like, I wouldn't take it back for anything, but I wouldn't go back there for shit. Oh yeah, for sure. I hear <laughs> you know? that. And so we had some good laughs, and um, you know, everybody's doing their own thing, and everybody's you know fairly happy and, and really living their lives and just you know doing different things. So it's it's kind of cool. You know that that was a um, a long chat of my life oh, yeah. <laughs> but um i mean hell we lasted 10 years and that's that's longer than most marriages that i've these days Bro, I, uh, 10 years is i think 10 years is like a, i believe that a, uh one one band year is a decade otherwise <laughs> i love it i'm serious i believe that one band year is a decade especially if you're playing gigs because you guys were gigging like and i and i say oh. this i say this a lot and i feel like people don't hear me you know like like they don't they don't understand like the things that go into playing with a band the same band for so long is like when you're doing over 200 gigs a year with the same group of people like and you're committed to being with these people who are not your one wife or immediate family even if they are your wife or immediate family you're still being like forced by something that is and granted in the beginning when you get started playing music yeah i just want to play music this is fun but then when it becomes like okay we have to be here we have to be here we have to be here and you get a calendar at the beginning of every year and it's like business as usual and work then you're like fuck man just like this is really really strenuous and i say things like that and people are like, oh, you're just playing music. How bad can it be? And it's like, dude, we're in the same fucking, with the same group of people for over 200 nights a year. And, like, that's really, really strenuous. Like, other than anything, because there's money involved in it, for oh. one. Mm-hmm. And anytime you bring money into anything, that just creates this sort of fog in a relationship that is constantly going to be there and it's never i mean it's it's it can be a good fog or a bad fog but it is a fog mm-hmm. that is in a relationship that i mean when you you know what i mean like you bring in just money involved in these situations is just like a marriage oh, when yeah. there's money involved in a marriage and everything means something and everything is serious a lot of folks don't understand that mm-hmm. like that that don't gig like that 
Well, that's that's uh, that side of it is rarely um, even discussed. Yeah, because um, in business, what's one of the first rules, man? No friends and family. Yep. I mean, that's one of the first rules of, of general business. No hey, friends man, and family. Keep your friends and family out of it. When you're in a band, in order to be a good band, you have to be you friends have to and family. Be, you have to be a family. Yeah. Like whether you're related or not, you have to you have to get along even when you're not getting along. Yeah. There are times when we'd be on the road and we wanted to strangle each other. But if you're getting paid X amount of dollars to be on stage at 9 o'clock at whatever club, buddy, we would paint those smiles on our faces and hop up on that stage because we had to get paid. Oh, yeah. And if you hop up there like a lump on a log, I'm mad at whoever. Uh, the phone's not going <laughs> to ring for that uh, spot no more. Nope. You just lost however many years of work. And not only that, that's on you. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. So so it's, man, I, I tell people all the time, being in a band is like being married to however many people are in that band at the same time. Yep. It really is. And also, to think about this stuff, too, you you... You bring in you bring in money involved in this situation. In the beginning, it's like you don't really care about it, and it's just all to have fun. But then you start to have a lot of fun, and people start to notice you're having fun, and then they want to come and see you. Mm-hmm. So then whenever people want to come and see you, the dollars go up. Mm-hmm. And the more the dollars go up, the stress goes up. Mm-hmm. Literally, the more you get paid, the more stressful it is, just because... And, and you think about bands that have been together for so long, like uh, like original members, like uh, I want to say somebody like the Stones, who have been together for that long, who can cast aside anything that they might feel towards each other for the fans. Mm-hmm. And that is just so hard to do. And I know that for a fact. Like, it's just so hard to do. Like, people who want to see you and want to see you perform and... Just being like, listen, I can't put myself through this anymore. And that's not a selfish thing at all. It's just understanding that I'm maxed out emotionally in this situation. And I'm fucking sorry, but I'm maxed out emotionally and I just can't do it anymore. And I know that. And I've I've been there. I mean, we've gotten through it because, I mean, shit, me and Adam and Smitty, hell or high water. I mean, (laughs) we'll figure it out. Right. But. Yeah, like just I've been there before. I'm just like I just can't handle I can't handle what's going on. Mm-hmm. And well, I, here's something it might be a good little segue to. Yeah, um, you know, with the the artist, with the increase increased number of um, suicides lately, right? You know, the first the first thing general public thinks of when first th- first person i think of is a uh, chef bourdain okay when when they think of why what how could he have committed suicide he has everything well first of all you don't know what he has exactly he has money that ain't fucking everything there are there are people in million dollar mansions right now staring at a shotgun and trying to convince themselves not to stick it in their mouth why, why is that? Because to people like you and I, they got everything. To the general public, people don't understand this. People don't understand that, that pain that even if you have millions of dollars, you still feel pain, man. Yes. You still are. You, you could be going through shit that obviously you aren't making public. 
Yeah. So, I mean, Kate Spade, uh, I'm, dude, Robin Williams. Yeah, exactly. Like those don't they don't make sense. They got everything. This, I mean, the the movies we all grew up on with Robin Williams and and I don't know. It, it makes me sad that that was how. They finished their last chapter. Same here, man. You know, like, like we, we have, that's one of things we're allowed with free will. We, we could end it right now if with our own free will. Yep. I truly believe that's not what God wants. No, oh, absolutely. It's not what my God wants. Same here, man. You know, like, like there's been not, and that's not saying that I haven't had those thoughts and I have those thoughts. Oh I, yeah. It is perfectly, I believe it's perfectly normal to have those thoughts, but man, when you are so low, when it's, that's, that's starts to become a good idea, it doesn't matter what you got. It don't matter who's on your arm. Who, how much, what kind of car you drive, how many people work for you. I don't care what it is. When you're to that point, there's really only one way out. <laughs> you know, like, and it, it, it ain't money. You can't buy it. Yeah. And th- there could be an argument, too, to be said that those people who have everything and are still sad that think, well, I do have everything and I'm still sad. Yeah. So now where do I go? And that's. And I, I, I was just whenever you pulled up, I was listening to uh, uh, Brody uh, Brody Stevens arguing with Tony Hinchcliffe, mm-hmm. or just sitting there. Wait, you, you you pulled up right after they got done arguing, and that whole time he was literally just sitting there silent. And then you remember he spoke right. like that whole time you were here, he was just sitting there staring at the screen, just silent. Yeah. And he just committed suicide like a couple of weeks ago. And Zach Galifianakis spoke at his. Uh, at his benefit or memorial at the comedy store in LA and was saying that he was just so proud of, he was just so proud that he wouldn't show me that side of him. Mm -hmm. He never wanted to show me a lesser side of himself. And I think that the same thing goes for people like Robin Williams or Anthony Bourdain, where they build this strong, courageous persona and they don't want to allow the world to see otherwise. That's it. It's that illusion. Yes. You know, like, and we all do it. Yep. That that was me, man. At at my end of my my career, hopefully, hopefully the end. But my end of my career, I didn't see it. And as as general as that sounds, there was people all around me going, bro. You are. You need help. You you need to do something different. Yeah. You need to change. I mean, people that didn't even know how to deal with it knew, but I didn't see it. My bills were paid. I had. I lived in a nice home. I didn't own it, but I paid my rent on time. I, all my bills were paid. I didn't have children out there. I have no no back um, alimony or anything like that from previous failed marriages. Nothing. I was like, I'm not hurting anyone. You know, like yeah. it didn't make sense. And this is like kind of great that goes into um, like what we're talking about with Bourdain and stuff is, man, the, the most dangerous uh, uh, um, addicts and, and alcoholics are the functioning ones. Oh, for sure. They, they, we, because you can't tell. Because well, we can't tell. We can't tell. And that's the only person that can that can diagnose you an alcoholic or an addict is fucking you. Absolutely. 
And that, and there, I mean, a doctor can say, I think he is, but there, with all the machinery we, we have, with all the stuff we have, nothing we can hook up to you and tell how much pain you're in. So that's why half the people are addicted to pain medication. Absolutely. You can go to the doctor and say, I'm hurting. And he kind of has to believe you because yeah. there's no machine he can hook you up and say, I don't see any back pain there. You don't see exactly, pain. Bro, my back hurts. Yeah, there you exactly. go. Give me some kind of medication. So no wonder half the, the planet is addicted to pain pills. All you got to do is be in pain. Oh, hell? 100%. And not only that, um, I don't know what corporation it is, but some uh, pharmaceutical company is funding the campaigns for Republican candidates that are against marijuana legalization right now. Huh. And that makes sense. (laughs) You know, like what, why would you, uh, want any other alternative form of medicine cutting into your pocket, cutting into your profits? Hey man, we created these addicts out here and we're going to, we're going to need them to stay addicted because that's how we get paid. You know, that is exactly how that goes. And how sad is that, that literally doctors, the people out there who are, who are supposed to save the world, save the people of the world are literally just the ones that are bringing it, bringing it down the most as far as like turning people into addicts, like everyday people, like when it used back in the day it used to be you had to live a rough life and get to running with the wrong crew to become an addict mm-hmm. addict mm-hmm. now all you have to do is slip and fall at the grocery store and have to go on pills for a couple months exactly. and then come then try to come off of that now they've basically up their game if they want to talk about a war on drugs i think we're we're at war with the wrong one yeah and that's that's the truth. Now they now they've been able to turn everyday people into addicts and turn them. Whenever you go to, back to the doctor, I listen to sports talk every fucking day. Mm-hmm. There's there's a commercial. It's like this old woman. She's like, oh, you know those back those pain pills that you gave me really done the trick. I was hoping I could get some more of those. And he's like, well, Edna or, or whatever whatever her name is. That's in Marge. I'm not gonna say Edna. That's my that's my. Uh, Step grandmother's name. Sorry, Edna. Sorry, but no, just it's, Edna. okay, Ethel. Edna. Ethel. Okay, Ethel. Uh, we, you know we can't we can't give Ethel's the ghost that lives in that chair. By the way, hmm. uh, nice. <laughs> um, okay, Ethel. We can't give you any more pain pills. But, uh, you know, maybe you should try some other methods of, you know, fixing this or whatever. So then how many ethyls are there in the world that go back into the world wanting that feeling that are not ethyls, but Jeff's Mm -hmm. and Steve's and Tina's and Heather's that go back into the world? How do you like those name drops? You like that? Mm -hmm. But go back into the world that they can't get this from a doctor now, and now they have to turn to illegal means of getting that, and then you end up having to mentor them after they come off of these things, after doing heroin. Here's a scary number for you, and these are real numbers. Out of the hundreds I've come across, hundreds of, of heroin addicts, not one of them started with heroin. Not one. All pain pills? All pain pills. God almighty. And so, you know, like the marijuana thing, the gateway drug. Man, first of all, alcohol is the, the gateway drug. That was the first, first thing I got my hands on. You know, no like, shit. Um, and it just, and um, I tell people why I identify with just about any addict because whatever I got my hands on, 
I was addicted to more. So I just say, well, yep. if somebody wants me to identify what I was addicted to, I just say more. My first thing, my favorite thing to do more. on any drug was more of that drug. Yeah, absolutely. I don't care what it was. I, I, you took two. I'll, okay, give me four. I mean that. I, that was my addiction. Was uh, the adrenaline. The I, I can go back and think about it. Like I would get adrenaline rushes before I got to the bar. I, I would be romanticizing like what I was going to drink, w- what kind of night it was going to be, if I was going to call a dude or not. If I, was, I mean, oh, like, yeah. before I even put a drink to my lips, I was already salivating. That's crazy that you bring up what I was going to call the dude or not, because that is the thing. When you when oh, I just kicked my water over. Fuck <laughs> it. There's a lid. Um, yeah, whenever you get that feeling and you think just for a second, just a shudder of a thought, am I going to call my guy tonight? The amount of serotonin that is released in your brain at that moment. That's the right word, right? Serotonin. I think so. <laughs> Happiness, right? That's, that's the right right thing, right? <laughs> Isn't it? If it's not, plug in the right word. You know what I mean. The amount of happiness that explodes inside your brain at the thought of just thinking about calling your drug dealer yep. is fucking great. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I, you know, I try not to romanticize about those things too much these days, but that's the Oh, truth. yeah, for sure. But but just, yeah, and, and same here. I don't I try not to, but in, in conversation, obviously. Uh, and I know that there's a lot of folks that, that, uh, that watch on the YouTube that have gone through this and constantly go through this. Right. And just knowing that, man, there's nothing like that feeling of just thinking about obtaining this drug that you've been deprived of yeah and then i can't remember uh it was just a recent talk that i had it might have been jamie but anyway when you think about a certain drug that you do or anything really that you do and you think that whenever you don't have it it's the greatest idea in the world to go get it Mm -hmm. and then whenever you run out of it all you want is more and then the next day you're like fuck why did i do that last night and Mm -hmm. a few hours later it's like you know what i think i could go for a little bit more yep yep it's it's a never-ending cycle man like um I hear the description all the time. It's like a drain pipe, you know, like you're stuck in that whirlwind and, and you can't really get out. Oh, and yeah, yeah. And it's just going, man. Yep. Like you're just, you're going, you're going down, you know, yeah. and it's the hardest thing because you don't see it. It's like um, staring at a Spanish mosaic tile with all these crazy tiles, but you got your face this close to it. And oh, so yeah. All you could really see is just, just a few tiles and everything else is blurry as hell. And so... Those tiles that you can see, it's like, well, I paid my rent. I'm okay over here. Well, I might get kicked out, but that's tomorrow. Uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. But if you, when you get sober, it's like you kind of back up, back away, and you see the whole picture, and you're For like, sure. holy shit, what the hell have I been doing? <laughs> like, yeah. It, it's like, it's tough, man. Um, you know, uh, I guess one of the things that I ran into when it, you know, um, going back to, I guess, to what we were saying earlier, um, when I was having problems, when it, when shit wasn't seeming right, um, you know, early on, my, my, uh, my, my friends told me, he said, um, you know, Josh, you can do whatever you want to do. 
as long as you stay sober, you can literally do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Like he's just saying the shit to be nice. Like you have to say this, whatever. But man, I called him a couple weeks ago and I was like, bro, do you realize that I can do whatever I want to do? He's like, yeah. I told you. That's what I told yeah. you. I, I wasn't kidding. And I'm like, no, I thought you were kidding, man. Like, that that didn't really make sense. Like, sound like a little kid when you're like, Mom, can I be anything I want to be when I grow up? She goes, sure, be an astronaut. Be a fireman. That, yeah. That's what it felt like. But, man, I had this moment, and it was a couple weeks ago, and it was like everything just started falling into place. Opportunities started coming out the yin-yang, all because I, I, I finally closed the doors at something I was teetering with. I, I, do I do, do? What do I do? I'm not yeah. sure. And finally I said, you know what? i got to make a decision. Close those doors. And sure enough, as soon as you close doors, many will start to open. As long as you close the right doors. Yeah. Now here's the thing with, with being sober. Now, those doors were always opening, and lots of times when I was drunk, I, I would fall backwards into, I mean, killer relationships, beautiful women, great jobs. I mean, just I, it was like I would stumble into it, like yeah. I was the luckiest guy on the planet, you know. But that was that was kind of like getting getting lucky, getting lucky with life. And but there were plenty of times where I stumbled the wrong way, you know. I, I, oh yeah. I, I mean, plenty plenty of those bumps in the road, but now. Now that you know, you're being sober, you get to really look at those things with um, discernment. You get yeah. to you get to like not judge situations, just to analyze it, evaluate them. Yeah, exactly. With a clear mind. Remember that same mind that has those crazy good ideas when you're drunk. Now. Bits and pieces of them were good, but it wasn't a great idea as a whole. The idea itself was decent. Yeah. Or the, 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 Maybe. The, or I, Maybe. I said that wrong. I said that wrong. Like the, 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 I guess the body of water from which that particular stream flows might be a good idea machine, but let's stay off of this part of the river. Yeah. But now, like, that's, that's the difference. Yeah. That's, that's the difference between now and the last time we talked is... It's even more clearer. And I'm not saying I make the right decisions because, bro, I make mistakes every single day. Oh, yeah. But here's the difference. I, I almost recognize immediately when I make a mistake. That's what changes. And here's a gift of sobriety. When you really get sober, you get honest. And when you get honest, you take full-on accountability. And, man... It, at first, that seems sketchy. That's scary. Like, well, I, I don't want the finger to be pointed at me. Well, why what, not? What happens if they yeah. point the finger at you? And you know, it it, it gives you the ball. It yes, gives it you, does. The minute somebody says, "Well, you did this and you did that," and you go, "You know what? I did," and I apologize, and I wish I hadn't have done that. If they keep going, they're repeating themselves. They're they're they're, yeah. they're beating the dead horse then. So that's why you got the ball and you can just say, okay. Oh yeah. Remember, I just said sorry and I just said I'll do everything I can not to repeat myself. I recognize what I did was wrong, and how can we move further? Because you keep doing this, isn't moving anywhere. It's just spinning mud. You see what I'm saying? So you, oh yeah, for sure. You take con- when you take accountability, you take control. You 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 literally have the ball. Yeah. So there's no more. It it takes all um, question out of it. And again, I, I'm not saying we need to go through and say, you know what? Hey, man, that was my fault. And hey, that was my fault. Uh-uh. But when it was, 
or even just a piece of it, just a piece of it. Yeah. So you say, well, you did this, but well, you did this. Well, you did this. How about this? I did all of it. Where can we go from here? And it's like, that will just about stop almost everybody yeah. in their tracks. Abby here says that's the key. That's the key. Thir- how, how long have you been sober, Abby? 31 years? 31 years. She says uh, still get, and I, I assume she, I apologize, Abby, still gets in the fog, still get in the fog, but gets lighter every curve. Yeah. After 31 years. You know what I said? Abby, just curious. What was your, uh, what was, what was, what were you suffering from back then? What was your, uh, what are you clean from? Anyway, uh, yeah, what were you, I didn't mean to cut you off. But, but just that, like, the gift of accountability sounds like the strangest gift on the planet. But yeah. when, when you use it, bro, it's like some Yoda shit. It's like you, you literally, you just Yoda'd whoever, yeah. when you go, okay, it was my fault, you're right, I'm wrong, how do we move forward? And most people that... They're not going to know what to do, or they're just going to be like, well, 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 let's, I, I'm still mad. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know, somebody told me early, Josh, if, um, you, if somebody has a problem with you, that's their problem. And I'm like, huh. Like, I used to, like, kind of make that my problem. Yeah. Like, what, why do you not like me? Or why, why do you disagree with me? I, I, want to, I almost want a definitive answer why you disagree with me. Well, why don't you just disagree? I'm the only one making that an issue. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you kind of give the ball back. You just yoded somebody. If somebody has a problem with you and you ain't got a problem with it, they're just hanging on to that problem. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's not a pass to go out and be, you know, an asshole to society. No, not, not, not at all. Again, the ability to take accountability is priceless. It's priceless. Powerful. I mean, like, it will give you this sense that you can do anything. That you, like like my buddy said, you can do anything you want to do. And part of that is just being able to take accountability. And then you have that and you, you stop pointing fingers around. You know, somebody said this the other day. They're like, when did we learn that? When did we... Think when you're little and you got caught with your hand in the cookie jar and there's chocolate chip cookies all over your face. Yeah. And your mom goes, what did you do? And you go, it wasn't me. Nobody taught you to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so basically from the get go, we don't want to take accountability for ourselves. That's why when people with, with addictions hang out with other people with addictions, here's why. Because why is it a problem if I'm doing something? If the guy to my left of me is doing it and the guy to my right of me is doing it, then it ain't. Yeah. Now, now we kind of sort of spread out the problem. You know, like. Then it becomes less of a problem in your own head. Yeah. Not less of a problem, but less of a problem in your head. Cocaine was mine too, Abby. That was a, that was the, the probably about the worst that I got. The stuff that I was getting there towards the end that they told me that was cut with meth. Mm. So, uh. Yeah. I, I don't count meth, but I count cocaine because that's in my mind what I thought it was when I was doing it. I liked uppers, too. Oh, but, yeah, that was my deal. What I found out was I was just doing them to drink more because I was kind of a lightweight. I'm, yeah. I'm only, you know, I'm a, kind of a smaller dude. And yeah. And it, it would piss me off that I couldn't hang with people. And when I found that, it was like the magic drug. 
Oh, like, for sure. I was like, oh, man. I used to literally say, I need something to sober me up. Yeah. <laughs> How ridiculous well, is that? Well, you, you know this because of my big mouth. Because I was, I mean, shit, you know. I, I have a podcast now, y'all. But before I had a podcast, I would literally just go around into the world and tell everybody everything that I did. You know that. Because mm-hmm. I was never quiet about the shit that I was doing. Yeah. Ever. And uh, I was just, I didn't start. I didn't really start messing with Coke hard until I quit drinking. Like I stopped drinking and started doing cocaine and just realized I was just transferring. I was just it, experiencing transference. Right. And then I realized, well, I don't think that I can stop something unless I pick up something else. Once I realized that I was like, well, maybe if the thing that I pick up next isn't a drug or isn't something that, you know, that can kill me, right? <laughs> then it won't be that bad. So that's where the podcast came from. Yeah. And, and you know, um, a lot of that is obviously suggested from, you know, my peers um, yeah. is, you know, find something healthy to kind of get into, but really it's digging deeper into yourself and finding who you truly really are. And Dude. so like, it's like you were made for this, bro. So were you though? You should you should do this. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, nah, no, 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 no. Hear me out. Hear me out. Seriously, <laughs> hear, hear me, me out. out. Like for real. Whether you think you whether you think you, uh, you you aren't for this or not, you have an, a unique experience. Not many people can look an addiction straight in the face and turn away from it. Mm-hmm. Not many people can do that. And there's a lot of people out there that want to know and want help on Bradley Parker in the house. What up, Bradley? Hmm. Uh, Bradley Parker is going to be on the podcast soon. <laughs> We're going to do that. But, but seriously, I hope you listen, Bradley. Yeah, for real. No, I love you, Bradley. <laughs> Just kidding. But, but seriously, uh, no, nah, but like you, you are, you need this man or not, not you need this. I don't, I don't mean to say that, but you, you, you need to tell this story. You need to get this out. There's not enough people. I don't think that are talking to everybody about it. And just, just saying like what I did earlier, like just being in front of a camera, right. talking to yourself, mm-hmm. knowing that somebody in the future will be able to watch it, whether there's zero viewers in the watching column or a hundred. Sure. Knowing that somebody is going to be able to learn from this on a grand scale, and you'll you'll have aha moments just in listening to yourself talk. Right. Once you get to once you get to the point where you're saying uh, all of the shit that you did, like you 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 were uh, you were talking about um, just a few minutes ago. I remember having a thought that like I, I when I stopped drinking, I started roasting myself so that nobody else could. Mm-hmm. You know, roast yourself so that nobody else has the opportunity. Right. And I was just not healthy. Well, well, no, I, and I'm not saying like, uh, not saying like roasting myself in a bad way, but airing out all of my problems, Mm -hmm. talking about all of my things, getting them out because keeping them in my head was a dangerous place. Mm -hmm. You 100% should set up a fucking phone in front of you and literally just talk to it for 20 minutes uh, a week, 20 minutes a week. And just talk about your issues and the things that go and start a blog. I, I, I'm an advocate. I think that everybody should have a podcast. Everybody should talk. Everybody should have a, a way to get shit off of their chest without having to go to a doctor. Sure. You don't understand how therapeutic it is to just, just talk to yourself. And I know that that sounds crazy, but, and 
Well, here, here's one thing. Um, I get to do that every day. Um, I, I don't necessarily do it on this form of, of media, but I get to talk and tell my story every day. And I could do it five times a day if I wanted to. And that's that's a really beautiful thing. Like, yeah. um, um, you know, it's, it's uh, really, it's not only important to help when you can. Yes. Um, but it's a really integral and integral part of my own sobriety because the people I work with, I'm like, you don't understand. I'm not going to teach you something that I'm not living by. Bradley texted us a while ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's so I can't stand one of my one of my um, pet peeves, whatever you want to call it. Is the do as I say, not as I do guy. Oh, yeah. I can't stand that. Now, if I like what you got to say and what you what you do, then, yeah, man, I got no problem taking suggestions from you. I like what you say and what you do, but not half of that equation. Actually, if there's only half of that equation, I almost dislike you even more. You know, like, because that's the... I don't know. I just feel like there's not a lot of growth that can be found with that. And you're Absolutely. Not gonna, you're not going to trust people with that. And so, again, why would I work with anybody if I, too, am not living that life? And it keeps me accountable. There again, accountability. But That's the biggest gift, thing. Gift. No one wants the finger pointed at them. But when you actually take it, you go, shit, that was that was pretty good. <laughs> like, it's not too bad. It, all kinds of ways gives you this sense of freedom, man. Yep. This, this, like, sense of relief. Like, you know what? Almost taking on, taking it all on, when you take it off of others, it gives you relief, too. Absolutely. Because you don't feel like you're throwing it on people. You know what I'm saying? And, like... And if you can take accountability for your your part in it, that's that's when you can move on. There's power in that. That's when you can grow. Absolutely. That's that's the you know, I tell people these days, I'm like, it's not hard to appreciate God's apparent gifts the rainbow that's perfectly across the sun the the uh, horizon yeah the um the the sunrise that's just like it, god's painting that's you know unlike anything other you're like man i missed the best sunrise or you guys missed the best sunrise the yeah, other exactly. i called it um i mean those things aren't hard to appreciate but if you're able to get through like the shitty stuff the the, the left the curveballs the the speed bumps in life that that are going to happen, that life happens. People die. People get in accidents. People, you know, the shitty parts of life, the thunderstorms, per se. Yeah. If you can find the beauty in those things, and there's there's beauty in all of it. There's beauty in all of it. There absolutely is. I mean, every bit of it. Just, just like the yin and yang, there can't be dark unless there's light. There can't be yep. light unless there's dark. And it's even. It's equal. It is 100% equal. So if there's not this much pain, there can only be this much joy. Yeah. That's that's the equal parts. That's, that's Absolutely. The, I mean, pain was created so we could appreciate joy. It's funny that you, you bring that up. I was literally uh, going to say my dad used to say one of the greatest gifts that God gave us outside of Jesus was pain. Yeah. Like, and you don't think about things like that of being a gift, but, and he used the analogy, like if you go put your hand on a coffee cup and it burns, it's pain that tells you, you need to let go of that. Yep. 
And that's as bare of an, an analogy as you need to apply in every aspect of your life. So what did we do? When we were boozing, when we were drugging, when we were doing whatever we were doing, we were, and a lot of people say this, I was just trying to numb the pain. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, if you're numbing that pain, if you're cl- fogging up those glasses of any situation, that's where you're not going to have, you didn't learn a lesson because you numb that pain. If, Absolutely. If pain was a good thing, you actually blocked it. Mm-hmm. You said, no, 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 God, I, ain't, I don't want that pain. I'll, I'll throw some Jameson on that pain. I'll get rid of that pain real quick. Yeah. You're, they call it growing pains for yeah, a reason. Right. It hurts. But the best shit, the, the growth, yes. is from the pain. Well, that, that's like that old, uh, and I've, I've, I've said this several times on the podcast, the, the old uh, the guy who's talking about, the rabbi talking about the lobster. That, that the lobster that uh, doesn't want to get out of its shell, but it gets uncomfortable and it grows and it can't grow any further in that shell so it has to shed it right so it is that uncomfort it is that uncomfortability that is that uncomfortability that causes this lobster to feel like it needs to shed its shell so that it can grow a new one and by the way bradley parker says absolutely josh has always been there when i needed him i don't always listen but he was always there Bradley, listen, buddy. You're you're doing you're doing you as hard as anybody in the world can. I love you, buddy. But listen, we're gonna get you in here to talk about all that. He says he's facing the fact alcohol ruin everything good in his life. Well, listen, I, I'm gonna tell you one thing too. I will still always be there. I hope. I hope so. Bradley Parker's the last person to see me drunk. Huh? How about that? Yep. Wow. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about that. But uh, <laughs> that's gonna be. I'm not sure to tune in for that. That's episode. gonna be an, a ridiculous episode. I think uh, me and Bradley and I think Tyler Brown wants to be in. My last drunk too. Man, I, like, I like that. You do. I, and Bradley, you're in the comments right now. You can confirm this. And I'm sorry. And I've apologized to you several times since. But I, the last night I was drunk. Um. And it is it is harder to define the pain at the time, Abby. One hundred percent. Sometimes pain doesn't doesn't always show itself as pain. Mm-hmm. But um, that's the truth, ain't it? But uh, I I slapped Bradley in the face so many times that last night I was drunk. I'm sorry. I slapped a lot of people in the face that night. I mm-hmm. used to like to get drunk. There were certain things I like to do when I got drunk, and you probably remember. I used to like to one pull my balls out. <laughs> <laughs> Two, Damn it, visual memory. Uh, two, I like to slap people in the face, and and I and I don't know. There's several other things I like to do when I was drunk. I like to try to kiss people a lot and make them uncomfortable and just <laughs> fuck with people all the time when I was drunk. But I just I just kept slapping people and I slapped Bradley a few times. I'm sorry, Bradley, but he he gave, after after I did that to him and after I talked shit to him and like just was an absolute dickhead to Bradley. He fucking gave me a ride home that night and sat here with me until he was he knew I was all right, right, and then fucking left. He he sat here with me because I was like on a different different plane that night. I don't know if you saw me that night. Mm, I'm not sure, but I was walking around Tito's throwing fastballs with cue balls at the back door of Tito's. I was picking up pool balls, just like I don't think I'm glad I missed that night. (laughs) I'm glad I missed that punching holes in the wall in the bathroom. Yeah, it was not a good night. But anyway, sorry about that, Bradley. But but yes, uh, pain, pain, dude. The greatest gift that we, the greatest gift we were given, other than Jesus Christ Himself from God, my dad always says, was pain. You know what? some of the most uh, remarkable um, people that I admire the most um, 
they they all kind of say the same thing about addiction and and this whole um, this this whole thing. And it's real simple. When you have enough pain, you'll have enough. Oh and, yeah, absolutely. And, and that's that's the part with you can't. Um, compartmentalize you can't put in a textbook because just like when you go to the doctor what do they say to you from a scale of one to ten one being the easiest and ten being the most painful how much pain are you in well you are the only one that can decide how much it hurts yeah so that's why the, again that functioning addict alcoholic whatever you want to call them is the most dangerous because they have so many reasons to believe they don't have a problem. And plus, a seven can feel like a two after you've dealt with it for a while. Exactly. So uh, you you don't if you keep getting um, if you have enablers. Yeah. If if uh, somebody was telling me they're like, man, you know, attractive women are the most dangerous um, addicts and alcoholics. I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. And like, think about it. No matter what, they always will find somebody to prop them up. And I was like, holy cow, that changed my whole yeah. game. That changed my whole outlook on life. Like, And then you think about it like, no matter what, man, no matter what. I mean, there might be, come a point in time where the, those guys are sick of that, but there's going to be somebody right behind them that will go, hey, I'll give it a whirl. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you exactly. know? I mean, just, just out of sheer um, vanity, out of sheer vanity. And that's, that's again... You know how dangerous that is for the actual addict? Oh, yeah. Because, man, they, they're, they're not going to hit their bottom. They always got somebody to catch them right before they hit it. And if you don't have enough pain, you ain't going to get no help, bro. Because I hadn't had enough pain yet, so I, I think I'm going to give this go one more try. I tell my new guys, I'm like, bro, if you go back out, that is like you went 10 rounds with Mike Tyson, and he whipped your ass every round. And you came back and you said, you know what? Okay, Mike. I ain't going to fight another round. I concede, whatever. I'm throwing in the white towel. This ain't happening no more. You go a year down the road, it's like you go, you're walking down the road one day and you want to drink again or use drugs again or whatever. That's like, that's literally like you saying, you know what? I think I'm going to call Mike Tyson up and see if we can go one more round. Bro, you already lost. <laughs> you already got your ass beat so yeah, many right. times that you ended up here, that you ended up Asking for help. Yeah. So you're going to tell me that this disease isn't mental? Right. That, that it's not? Because that's, that's insanity. That's it what is. That is. 100%. You, you got your ass beat by Mike Tyson, and you still go, hmm, I think I'll go one more round. Speaking of which, have, Mike's you seen just that, going, have you seen that video of him like shadow boxing like last week mm-hmm. or last month? It's, it's been recent. Dude, 51-year-old Mike Tyson, nobody don't want none of that. Uh-uh. No nobody, sir. still to this day. No, sir. And that's the thing. But we 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 do that. We as alcoholics, that's why we're going to have it our whole life. Oh, yeah. I, I've heard of people being sober for 10, 20, 30 years. I mean, and... Being on a plane, and next thing you know, they had a martini in their hand. And they're like, what the hell? And then next thing you know, they're blackout drunk. 20 years sober. I know a guy that used to come and see Cornbread all the time. He was a big uh, big Cornbread fan. And uh, we would we would see him at gigs. And he I, I, every time I would see him, I would just be, he would just be fucking hammered. And he was telling me, and yeah, I quit drinking for, you know, 20, 20 something years. Like I, I just stopped drinking for 20 something years. And, and uh, just one day, I, you know, I had a drink and it, all it takes is one. Yeah. And I've been there. I've been there. And I've, I've like, and I play with fire a lot. I always keep the wolf at the door. There's always been a bottle of liquor in the freezer just for podcast guests and shit like that. And I mean, right. 
technically it's sort of like a way for me to flex that particular muscle to know if I wanted it, I could have it. Yeah. And for three years, I haven't. Right. And that's fucking that. There's power in that because I have that ability. I and I'm I've harnessed it. I mean, I like right, right right now. I'm looking at right where it is. I know exactly where it's at. Mm-hmm. And I could have it at any given time. Right. But. Got to that one point where I realized there's nothing that I can do. There's nothing. There's nothing in this world that will be able to lead me back down that path that I was on. Just because I'm not. I've seen the. I've seen the other side. You know, I've seen the other side of the fence. I've seen. I've seen the the bottom of the fucking barrel on that side. Right. And I've just recently seen the bottom of the barrel on this side. And I will take the bottom of this barrel. A thousand times before that one, I even have that thought again. Right, right. I mean, that's that's a good place to be, but I don't know. Uh, a buddy was telling me early on. He um, he said, given any circumstance, no matter who you are, you're liable to to be your shadow. You're liable to be whatever you're not portrayed as. Hmm. Any like. He would use, you know, say Mother Teresa, you know, she could handle whatever, blah, 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 racist remarks, whatever. That's not going to bother Mother Teresa. But you put Mother Teresa in a cage with a tiger and Mother Teresa is not going to be blessing that tiger. She's going to be survival techniques. Mother Teresa might be climbing that cage to get the hell out of it and 80 years old. So I think the, the kind of the point is that is. No one is immune to situations. No one is situationally immune, meaning that's why we never say, I'm sober and I'll be sober the rest of my life. I'll never have a drink again. You don't know that. Oh, yeah, for sure. You don't know what situation, what's going to come up that all of a sudden, where did this martini come from and why is it halfway gone? Well, I've already drank half of it. Might as well keep going. Yeah. You don't know. You, again, everybody would 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 think Gandhi, whoever, you know, is going to handle these situations. But you put them in a in the middle of a riot, a middle of a, a life and death situation. Let their survival instincts and, and kick let, in. Let the survival instincts kick in and see how Gandhi's going to react, or Mother Teresa, or whoever. Yeah, the most calm dude you know on the marsh walk. If he's put in in the right situation, that dude might wreck everybody. You don't know. Oh yeah. So that we kind of have to approach, especially our alcoholic addict minds like that. Like, I know what I'm capable of. I've already done it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so if I've already done it, then I'm always capable of it. Oh, I don't for sure. mean I'm going to. I, I, I'm, I, I do things every day to make sure I don't go down that road, like you said, because I know both both sides of it. Yeah. You know, uh, what do I hear all the time? My worst day sober is better, ten times better than my best day drunk. Well, I was in a rock band for 25 years. I had some really good fucking drunk times. Same. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even trying to. Oh yeah. You know, but that that's the truth. Now, is my best day drunk better than my best day sober? I don't think so. That's that's way beyond. Yeah. I've reached a level of just acceptance of accountability that that's again these gifts that I never thought I, I never even knew they were gifts. And it's like, man, all you had to do was do that, and you could kind of 
gift yourself, sort of. Um, yeah. Uh, surrender to win. Like, that sounds like a, a, a strange tactic, but the minute you say, okay, I give up, that's normally when it's like, holy shit, I feel good. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to fight anymore. That's the thing. I don't have to thing. fight anything. That's the thing. I don't have to have an opinion. I don't have to. Here's one of the smartest fucking things I've ever heard in my life. This guy said the other day, he said, you know what I do? I pick out one day a week. One day a week where I don't have a damn opinion. He goes, I don't care where I am. I'm the grocery store. I'm at the, the gym. I don't care. And I don't care what it's about. It could be about something that I'm really strongly opinionated about. Tell, take it. The Colin Kaepernick taking a knee during the, the national anthem. I'm a veteran. I, I have strong, strong emotional feelings about that. But if it's that day, let's say I pick Wednesday. Wednesday is no opinion Wednesday. If that day I'm approached with it, I say, I'm sorry, sir or ma'am. I don't have an opinion today. And he goes, you have no idea the freedom that that gives you. No idea. If you don't have to feel like I got to go out yeah. there and share my opinion, it's like, who cares? Who, I'm just little old Josh. Does oh, yeah. it really damn matter? Does it really matter? And you take that's sort of taking the accountability. Like, you know, well, what do you feel about Trump? Well, don't really care. I ain't got really too much involved in it right now. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to run a small business. I pay my taxes. Man, <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't have an opinion on that, what, what he tweeted and whatever else. Now, if I took enough time out of my day, I bet I could come up with an opinion. Oh, for sure. I bet I could s- s- worry so much that my opinion is prophetic and uh, you know going to change the lives of others. Then it's going to take up a third of my day. Now, next thing you know, I'm I'm arguing with some dude in Sioux Falls, Iowa, from because he's a Democrat. Yeah. And now I'm in a Facebook war. And now, dude, you know how much time of your life you just wasted from on opinion. your opinion? Yeah. <laughs> Who fucking cares? Absolutely. <laughs> like that. There's a relief in that. There's there's this like again, not a sense of power. Yeah. Almost like. A weight off your shoulders. Hey, you know what? When when I don't have to have an opinion, it's pretty freeing. It's oh, pretty absolutely. nice. Instead of getting involved in an... If somebody is trying to jam politics down your throat, they think one way. And if you already have your beliefs and you're thinking this other way, especially on Facebook... You ain't going to turn a Trump supporter into a Bernie supporter. Facebook's the worst place to have this conversation. I mean, uh, anywhere, the Twitter, Twitter, yeah, whatever yeah, it's called. Uh, it, it, the Internet, you, social media is the worst place to try to convince somebody to change their opinion. You ain't going to change nobody. no one. Nobody. I mean, if you're thinking this way, that's cool. If you're thinking that way, man, that's cool, too. That's that's what freedom's supposed to be. We're supposed to be allowed to have opinions. Yes. You You think this thing, and I think this different thing, and we can have this conversation, that's what needs to happen. That doesn't mean we got to hate each other because we think different. Absolutely. I think we learned that in, like, the second grade or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, hey, man. Are they still teaching that, though? I mean, I don't know. Are they still teaching that? (laughs) I I don't know. Teachers, teachers, are are y'all still teaching that? (laughs) Let me know. Uh, Seriously, are y'all still teaching, like, it's okay to have a different, different opinion? It's okay to like something different? Because it seems now that in you notice this, and I, I noticed a lot of this in the Tim Pool episode of Joe, Joe Rogan podcast. I don't know if you keep up with Rogan at all. Um, a little um, bit. But uh, Tim Pool was on there recently with uh, 
the lawyer for and Jack Dorsey from Twitter, the the CEO of Twitter and Twitter's lawyer, and he was saying he was just talking about how and then don't don't take this, my listeners, don't take this as me having an opinion on this because I really don't. But just in the vein of what we're talking about, is that he he came up with several different. Uh, like ways of proving that Twitter was biased, had a leftist bias mm-hmm. that like people can say negative things about Trump and their tweets won't be deleted. But if somebody says anything negative about another group of people, as in like uh, Muslims or, or another group of people or something, their tweets will be deleted and maybe banned mm-hmm. from Twitter. And there he was trying to, he brought up several different occasions where this was the case to where the everybody, like if you don't agree with our way of thinking, then we're going to remove you from this platform. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of that going on. And I really just think that there's not enough healthy conversation around having a different opinion and that's the key in getting further and and like bettering ourselves as a nation I think is just just understanding that you don't have to have the same opinion as me nor I you right this is totally fine for us to have different opinions and just move along with our day once you realize that somebody feels differently about you it's not then your job to convince them to change their mind to be more like you yeah Exactly. But a lot of people don't understand that, okay, and I, I, I admit it, I was the world's worst, and I'd be, be perfectly honest, one of the people who took the brunt of that more so than anybody else was Chief, my roommate. You remember Chief? Yeah. I, I say my roommate because you knew that, but the YouTubers didn't. But for the longest time, my roommate Chief, like I would just spend just fucking hours of saying, oh, this is how I do this, and this is how I, and I explain how I, why I do these things a certain way, and like we get nowhere out of that. We get nowhere out of that, and I just turn into the I just turn into an asshole, and that's just all there is to that. But there's there's nothing wrong with somebody doing something differently than you, and that was one of the hardest lessons I've had to learn. Yeah. and that's one of the main points I try to make on this podcast because it was such a hard lesson for me to learn. Right? You, you know what I watched? Just um, I have that uh, Debbie does Dallas. What is it called? It's a, a Vice Vice Channel. One, yeah, I have one of those internet. TVs, yep. whatever, and it has some really crazy shows, you know, uh, like cooking, cooking on high. I mean, no, no, not really that one. Um, one, one was though, uh, uh, black guy, God, I can't remember his name. He's super funny, but he's, um, 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 um he's not, not the comedian, not the comedian, but the, there's another one and it's, it's called like action Lo- Bronson. Mm, I don't think so. I don't know. Anyway, his whole his whole platform is uh, obviously like a racism, but he goes straight to KKK, like yeah. black dude that just finds people, not, doesn't infiltrate them, just contacts people and says, "I would like to meet you. Is there any way we can meet together for coffee? I want to take you out to lunch or whatever." And his approach with this is. It's the most beautiful thing. Like, he doesn't try to preach his beliefs like you shouldn't be hating any race yeah. or anything like this. His first thing is he finds commonality. He goes, okay, we, we've established. You don't like me, and I don't like the fact that you don't like me. Well, what's what's some things that you do like? Do you fish? Well, hell yeah, I love fishing. He goes, me too. There any good? There any good ponds around here we can go fishing? Well, shit. He goes, you, you start talking about fishing with a good old boy, and 
It don't matter what color you are. What, what? Like he, said, he said, buddy, I got the secret spot. You know, I'll, I ain't never told anybody. And we catch the biggest bass. And he goes, next thing you know, it's three hours later. I'm having coffee with a guy that w- was wearing a Ku Klux Klan outfit the night before. And we're sitting on the same log, dropping a line in the same mud hole. That's beauty, man. And all he did was find That's commonality. Awesome. He just found commonality. He said, bro, we the same. Just because you don't, you don't like me, the reason why you don't like me is because you're you're afraid because yeah. you, you're in, uneducated. I didn't like you because I was afraid of you because I didn't grow up around white people. Exactly, I, I'm un, uneducated. That, that it's just fear, and once you when you find commonality, fear kind of goes out the window. Yeah, it's like um, you could be traveling in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of nowhere, and your car breaks down, and you, you, you got a. Uh, Grateful Dead shirt on, you know, ratty, old Grateful Dead shirt on, and you walk five miles to a gas station, and you say you're on the way to a widespread show or something. You walk in a gas station, you see somebody with a widespread shirt on, it's like seeing an angel from God. Yep. You're going, bro, are you going to the next show? Can you give us a ride? Can you go back there? Because they're probably going to go back and help you. Because They, they really are very helpful people. Well, they... They just like addicts and whatever. They chances are, if you're traveling around widespread, you've had a flat tire before. Yeah, you've been helped out by somebody else before. Same thing. Absolutely, you have that commonality. Now, if you walked into Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, uh, gas station and ain't nobody around, and you're like, um, excuse me, sir, <laughs> we gonna need a tire down the road, and uh, yeah. can we hold the chainsaws? Yeah, you, you exactly. know what I mean. Like that's that's that. I don't I know, almost man. watched that last night. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. I clicked on it. I, I hit. I clicked on it, and then I was like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna. Okay, I'm not doing that." Yeah, man. But but <laughs> see what I'm saying? Like, just just a different approach. Just yes, to like yes, being able to look at something through a different set a set of eyes, a different. You know, pair of glasses, man. Like, you know, that's why I wear these. <laughs> I love it. Seriously, one million percent. See? To remind myself constantly that I'm looking at shit differently now. Mm. You know, I didn't wear these till I went sober. You ever notice that? No, I didn't notice that. I remember the Batman, but that's awesome. I love that. That's a great. That's a great reminder. Every day you put those glasses on, you can remember like constantly. I'm looking at something through different different lenses. And here's another gift of sobriety. We have this thing called choice now. Before, we didn't have a choice. Before, when you woke up in the morning, it was either, did I do it all or do I need to go get more? Yep. You ain't got a choice between the two. Yep. You re- you might make it a day or two. Uh, I ain't gonna do- I'm through with that shit. I-, I ain't gonna do it anymore. But then you got to shake so bad that no. you you'd rather You're going choose. right back. Yep. You don't have a choice. Absolutely. And and that's where the commonality with the um, no matter what addict you are, you can relate to. Because oh, yeah. man, when once you take that power of choice out, you're fucked. You are. That is that is your number one thing. You can say, oh, man, well, I still take care of my kids, and I still pay my bills, and I still do this. But if if really that's your number one, take that guy out and see if you still are doing all those things I just listed. Let's take that. Just take it completely out of the game, and you're going to be like, you're not going to be able to function when you wake up. Well, where's my shit? Well, now i got to think about well, who i got to get my shit. And next thing you know, then... Then your whole day is late oh, because yeah. your rhythm is all off. That's because everything's based on yeah, and finding so, the hookup. So, again, you don't see that that's the problem. You say, I, I, that is not my number one thing. My number one is my fill in the blank, whatever yeah. it is, my wife, my kid, my whatever, my job. That's my number one. Look, I have a great record. 
Okay, well, let's take this out, the, out, out of the whole equation, and we'll see what number one is. Oh, for sure. And that's that's the scariest shit, man. I mean, like, you, you don't, and when you when you take that that ability of choice, that that gift of choice away, man, it is the most um, demoralizing. Um, when you don't feel like you can, you you have a choice, man. You, you're you're a slave to yourself. Absolutely. And and man. I, I can't imagine, you know, I've been locked up a couple of times, not in prison, but, you know, spent a couple of nights in jail and I can't imagine living in captivity. And that's the way I was living, man. I was living yeah. in my own prison. That's what you create in your own mind. You create, well, not in, in your own world. You create a prison and, and the, the, the gatekeeper is whatever you, you're, whether it's up your nose, in a shot cup, in your arm, no matter what it is you do, you are 100% confined by those four walls. Yeah, yeah. And so, the, again, like what I tell people that are new and they're scared shitless, that are shaken, that don't know, that don't have any hope, that don't have anything, that once you get the whatever it is, the physical side out of your system, Man, you're going to have to work the rest of your life on the mental side. The yeah. rest of your life. That's, yep. that's that doctor that you're going to have to go see pretty yep. much every day. That's okay. We're going to live. We can, we can live as long as you go see that doctor. But when you get that physical, the, the real physical withdrawal, and, you know, I'm pretty sure, I'm, I'm, again, I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure the only thing you can die from withdrawal is alcohol. Yep. The only thing. You can feel like you're dying off heroin, but you ain't actually going to die. Alcohol, yes, you can seize and die. So it is never a good thing if you drink every day to just stop. You know, I found out about that about two months after I quit drinking. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm talking, you can have delayed DTs. I mean, all kind of shit. And you can get so sick that you, you can't come out of it, man. And yeah. that's a scary, scary thing. But, I, again... I think it's different for everybody. Um, you know, I don't know what the medical term is, but you hit this point in early sobriety where it's kind of like the physical shit's gone. Like, yep. like you wake up in the morning and you're like, I kind of don't want to drink. I'm thinking about it, but, oh, yeah. but I'm not like, I want to drink or, or drug or whatever. And that's when that beautiful gift of choice comes back. So like you said, you can choose to go get a bottle anytime you want. Yep. But it's your choice. It's my choice. And man, now, when you apply that to, I don't know, any situation in life, any situation. Yep. Hey, Josh, do you want to come work for me? I don't know. It's my choice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Hey, Josh, do you want to do this? You know what? Now that I have choices, it's it's amazing. Like, there is a whole. It's just like my buddy said. You can do whatever you want to do. And you I really thought can. he was just saying that. <laughs> I thought he was just being nice. Ironically enough, that's <laughs> that's how the conversation started. Is saying that you know that that thing that our parents used to tell us is real. Yeah, that's it. It's and, not just words that they use. And and basically the whole time that everything that's been holding us back from all those things we wanted. Yeah. We were padding that pain. That we didn't want to deal with. But oh, that yeah. pain is the growth. So that's why it kind of feels like we're doing the same shit. Man, my whole life felt like a big circle. It felt like I'd be up here and I'd do this and then... Yeah. 
And it was like, and then it come back around. Fish in a barrel. Being a new relationship, being a new job, being whatever. And it's same thing. And I'm like, am I just the unluckiest guy on the planet? What the hell's going on? No, man. That was the cycle that I, that was my rhythm. Yeah. That I'd been meticulously working out that beat for years. Yeah. That's a good way to think about it. And didn't even know it. Yeah. So you've been walking. How, the, the the term that guy walks to a beat of a different drummer. Yeah. You've been walking to a beat of the same drummer for thirty five years. Try to walk to a beat of a different drummer. You gonna be like, oh shit, what am I doing here homeboy's yeah. all out of time, brother. Yeah. You you miss it. I'm on the one and three, and you on the two and four. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the. I don't know, man. When you really really look at this thing. And you realize it was you the whole time, and then you had you can take accountability for that. That's when the freedom comes. Absolutely. That's when that you. That's when the I can do whatever I want, and you can. You can. You one hundred percent can. Go work can. wherever you want. Go do whatever you want. You know, I, it's funny you said the podcast thing. I had a friend the other day tell me she goes, I, I had a dream that um, you went into ministry, and I was like, what? That is. Probably the wildest dream I have ever. I've heard some whoppers. People have called me and said, "Josh, I had a dream about you, and it was messed up." And I'm like, "Yeah, that that sounds about right." You know, I'm, I'm pretty crazy. No, this was Josh. I think you might have a calling in ministry. And I was like, "Ha ha ha!" You know, whatever. What, what's going on? She's like, "I'm serious." You know, like this is. I'm being 100% serious in this. And I'm like, you know, that's just just uh, man. I, I have a newfound faith in God, and it's a um, a strong part. I call it God, um, you know, higher power, I hear whatever you. you want to call it. <clears throat> oh um, yeah, um, that's I, I have, call it God too. I have a, a concept of God these days, and it's it's my concept. Yeah, it's not punishing. He's he's my buddy, like literally my buddy. Steve Harvey picks on white people. <laughs> About how we talk to God like he's our buddy. Yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, that's, but you know what? If you want your God to be stern that you can't talk to, like your your mean old uncle that came from the uh, the military and only deals with things like this, and, you know, if you don't do the things that I do the right yep. way, then I'm going to punish you. Thing. Then that's your God. Yep. Cool, man. If that works for you, cool. My God's like, hey, man, what's going on? Oh, yeah. You know? Same here. Hey, did you see what you did today? Yeah. That probably wasn't the best one. Do you need to work on that again, Josh? Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. That's that's about the extent of it is. And and a lots of gratitude. Lots of going. I don't ask God for anything anymore. Anything. I pray in the morning when I get up. I pray at night before I go to bed. And I don't ask for shit. What yep. I do say is thank you. That's that's the best, and, and that's the best feeling that you can get. I, I'm the same way, buddy. Even even when you are at the lowest of the low, the lowest of the low, one of the first things I tell anyone, anyone, when you want to go this, and if their fault and their fault, and if this whole cruel world, I say write down five things you're grateful for. And you know what's funny? You ask somebody to say. Three or five days sober or two weeks sober to write down five things that they're grateful for. They'll call you back two days later and say, I got two. I'm serious. Really? Because all you can think is this cruel world. All you can think is what what made me end up in this situation? Yeah. Why me? Poor me. Poor me. And, you know, it wasn't for all these other people. Wasn't, I should have never happened to me. No, man. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that's, that's again... I don't know, man. The, the, that gift 
the unbelievable gift of choice. All oh, yeah. comes back to that choice. And it was like, this was all of my choosing. Misery, all this misery, my choice. Yep. You know, I mean, like, I was all upset about um, being lied to and cheated on and all this stuff, right? And I'm like, you know, in sobriety. And I'm like, hold on, man, I'm, I'm doing the right thing. I was trying to, like, I'm being honest. Yeah. I'm not doing any of those things. Why did I deserve to be lied to and cheated on and, and all this stuff? When, when, again, I'm doing the right thing. And then I look back at it, and I really look back at it. I'm like, well, you knew they were lying then. And you went right back. So yeah. Why? Again, if you want to accept your part in that situation, now, was it right for them to lie to me? Hell no. That's that's wrong. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. My my fault in the situation was I went right back and I chose to believe them when I knew every piece of my body yeah. said they are lying to you. Get, oh, get yeah. run. Get away from this. Uh uh-uh. uh. I don't. I'm not sure. I'm going to listen to this sign you're sending me, God. Oh. There, there goes this. Oh, I don't know if I believe that sign again. You got enough pain, you'll change. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you get and enough pain, you will change something. I, uh, I was doing a, I was doing a solo talk the other day, and I, uh, w- I came to the realization that like, um, your emotions, just like muscle memory in your muscles, your emotions also have muscle memory. Oh yeah. So whenever you, after you, you say even after in sobriety, when I'm still thinking about these things that are bothering me, it's because your emotions are just so used to going there. And and here recently in my own life, I've been trying to not be negative in in uh, like in in band life. Like there was a, a really long time in the podcast when I was just talking about all the shit that was going wrong in the band and how pissed off I was at, at Adam or Smitty about just bullshit or whatever was going on. And that was all I was talking about. But I realized that it was just, things really aren't that bad. It's just me remembering the wrong parts of this and thinking about, just like you saying earlier about the things that, uh, I'm not sure exactly how you worded it, but basically that our differences are not as important as our similarities. Yeah. The things we have in common are what's, gonna keep us together rather than the things that differ between us because the things that you have in common are tenfold more important than anything that you might might disagree on yeah and if you think pro and con this situation as to like okay well if i don't if i write on this list how all the things we have in common and that we enjoy about each other and then all the things that we don't have in common and that we hate about each other and figure out you know what this is and then you sit back and look at it and be like did i really just need to make a list to do that or do i just need to fucking lighten up yeah that's and again and there, therein lies that opinion that don't mean shit yes but <laughs> how much of it is an opinion and how much is it pre-programmed yeah, emotion absolutely Dude, it's like we're hardwired i don't i said this today and about these donuts i said if you go get a donut every day if you get off work at 4 and you stop by Krispy Kreme and get one donut every day at 4.30 and you do that for 15, 20 years, stop. Just don't go get that donut and you're going to flip shit. Oh, yeah. You're going to lose. It's not going to compute. Yeah. Everything is going to be off because you did the same thing over and over. You programmed yourself. Oh, yeah. You were hardwired. So if you always dealt with... Um, 
good segue. Heartache, uh, uh, um, deception, um, uh, uh, being unfaithful. If you always dealt with that things that way, that's going to be your first initial emotion. Yeah. Here's the problem. If you, like me, if I was pretty much been an alcoholic my whole life since I was 15, then all those adult issues I've never dealt with the right way. I stopped by and got a donut every day the wrong way. I went I ran, yeah. went, went around Sacristy to get to Garden City. You see what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah, for sure. Even though it was, hey, I do this every day. Well, Josh, did you know you could just go through Garden City and that's it? You don't have to drive 30 miles yeah. around? You see what I'm, oh, see yeah. what I'm getting at? Like, you, you, yeah, you were taking, you were overcorrecting. Yeah. Well, we have in these, a way. these hardwired, like, this, this is how I've dealt with this situation every time. Yeah. And when we're put in those situations. Absolutely. We sometimes... Things go red and black, and that's how we deal with them. Yep. We just say, boom, this, and next, that, and that's when normally your mouth gets you in trouble, and you're like, I said what? Whatever, yeah. because you're, you're speaking through your emotions. And here's one of the most important things I've learned in the last year of my life. Emotions aren't real. Nope. They're emotions. Yep. They are, they are preconceived feelings. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt. And you're the only one that can feel them until you open your mouth. Yeah. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt like shit. Being lied to hurts, man. When you trust somebody, when you really trust them and they lie to you, yeah, that hurts. Fucking awful. But, but the emotion of it isn't real. Yep. There's no physical real pain. I mean, like, yeah, it, I mean, it can really physically hurt sometimes. It it has. So that might might be a bad um, no, description. No, I, I you, no, one hundred percent. You're right. Like, I, I have I have that I have that with my mom. Yeah, my real mom. That you know that story. I, I that I, I don't. We don't speak or anything like. But you know, the one person that you trust just lied to you. Yeah. And there's no, and it, it does hurt, but it's it, it's not real. Yeah. And it's not, it's not, it's just some, it's just a way that I could, it's something that I used for so long to hide behind and give me a reason to drink like I did. And yeah, it's a, it's a buried excuse. Yeah. One that we never even knew we were using. Yep. Like that, that one was so deep. Like our alcoholism is like, don't worry. I, I got, I always got that guy. Yeah. And that's what really stripping it down and, and getting back to that accountability is all for is why were you drinking in the first place? Yep. And so, and that's when, <laughs> you know, they say the, the, the best place to face the devil is in his lair oh, in no his shit. house. Oh yeah. So it's in head on. You don't face the devil with, to him, to your back. If you, you you get in oh, that yeah. ring, you better be you know kind of ready, and that's yeah. The devil don't play away games. Yeah, man. And so that's that's facing your fears. All these cliche terms. I think I'm going to name this episode "The Devil Don't Play Away Games." <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that's great, dude. That's great, and that's the damn truth. And well, you ain't gonna. Uh, there's going to be no growth. That's for sure. Absolutely. And that's that's again pain growth. Growth pain, which is which is our I, I feel like our natural growth pattern, or, or that's 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 our natural. Uh, what, what am I trying to say? It, that's 
that should be our goal. That should be our natural goal is to grow, to advance, to experience that growth through that pain. Rather than you, you see a lot of folks who experience situations and still deal with them the way that they did when they first learned how to deal with them. Like in high school, when like, oh, my parents don't want me to hang out with my friends. Maybe they wouldn't have taken that drink that night. But they're like, okay, well, fuck you, mom. Fuck you, dad. <laughs> You're right. You know, and then you start and then now it's all rolling and then you get, you know, 20 years down the road. And you're like, well, what do I do now? And then where did it, where did this all start? And something so simple as you being upset with your parents one night leading to a lifetime of bad decisions that you've made that was just something so tiny. It's like that little itty-bitty grain of sand that ends up inside that oyster that grows into that giant pearl. That's it, man. And, it like, you know, um, I hear all the time, like, what what was it that got that ball rolling? Oh, yeah. And and. Like most people, man, when you once you get that thing going, you just you just kind of want to push yeah. it around the yard. No destination, you know, no no real whatever. That's that's the the, the part of the fun in it, you know, yeah. the chase, the whatever. And I mean, I don't know, man. I, I try to go back, and I really, I honestly, I couldn't tell you when my first drink was. I was, I know it was that early. I mean, real early, yeah. eight, nine, ten, Same here. somewhere around there. Um, Thanks, Abby. But <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but I don't know, not really even getting into that, um, more or less like, <clears throat> I think, like you said, the growth is, is that's the meat and potatoes. Yeah. That's the whole point of this game, man. Like m- my life has changed now because I literally took myself sort of out of the equation. I'm not worried about myself so much anymore. I have faith that as long as I do the right thing, yeah. then I'm going to be taken care of. Absolutely. And that's wise. And this jo- this this newfound like bro, I, I don't even know what you call it. And I think this is why my friend suggested that maybe I go into the ministry, but it was like the minute that I made myself available for help, my phone doesn't stop ringing. And that's not a I'm not patting myself on the back that is not a like i have all these answers because man i don't want don't put that on me ricky Bobby. Yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying <laughs> like i'm serious man I, I, don't, I don't want that weight but i'll tell you something that i've never felt that's that's better than any drug than any than sex than anything is just being available just being able to answer my phone when somebody calls me and and i can hear that they don't they, they don't have any hope and they needed me to answer that phone. They needed me to be there. there there's a feeling like, thank yes. God I got sober because I wouldn't have answered the phone. Yeah. I wouldn't be there for somebody that needed it. So That's powerful. That's nothing about me. Nothing. But I'll tell you what. If I didn't go through all that shit, all that pain, maybe I not, wouldn't have had that knowledge, that wisdom Absolutely. now. So. It was unnecessary. In order to grow, I had to go through that pain. So like they said, you have enough pain, you'll make a change. Did you grow up in church? <laughs> no. Have you? Okay. Well, I, I asked that I asked that because back in the day, there was this thing that used to always go around uh-huh. where uh, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. Mm, I like that. I like that. Just remember that. God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the call. That's, man, that's some pretty heavy stuff. And I, you know, um, I don't know. Uh, 
I kind of wanted to share this. Something happened the other night, and I'm trying to think of a way to. Um, so I was volunteering at a hospital. Okay. The other night, and um, I'll, this is great because this isn't a. Um, what do you call it? Oh, shit. It's not a not an actual rehab. It's a mental health facility. Okay. So there are people in there with addictions. There are people in there that just, you, you know, kind of felt like they were losing it. Or there are people in there that were court ordered to go somewhere other than a prison, to be evaluated for a certain amount of time, whatever. Um, we go there and um, volunteer sometimes. And I was volunteering one night and doing this. You know, like telling my story. This is what yeah. happened to me, man. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, here I am. And I'm able to maybe help somebody one day. And that's, there's a lot of, a lot of, that keeps me sober. So I'm going to keep doing this. You know? Do that, man. Yeah, yeah. Find your thing. But, um, so this, this young man, he, he's, he's sick. And we're all sick. And some are sicker than others. Yeah. And, and he's just, he's, he doesn't, he's not wanting, he's not buying what we're selling and I'm not selling fucking anything, Yeah, exactly. but he was, he was, he was angry. Right. And, and really getting up and jumping and kind of in our faces and, and pointing fingers and saying, you think you're so big and bad. You want a gold star just cause you've been sober. I'm a gangbanger. I've, I've been in, in and out of jail. I've been in fights and all this stuff. And, and I'm like, man, you know. My old thinking started coming back. I wanted to jump down this guy's throat and be like, "You don't know who you, who yeah, I am, yeah. you know? Like, you don't I, know where I've been. I have the reputation for fighting buzz saws. That ain't a great reputation, by the way. But I also still have the reputation. Yeah. <laughs> like, ain't afraid of nothing. So I, I'm I'm kind of calming myself down, but really, I'm I'm getting in my own head. I'm like, why are you doing this, Josh? This is a late Sunday night. You're tired. You worked all week long, and you're volunteering. And this guy's in your face doing this calling you a piece of shit calling you know making fun of you because you're trying to help all these things and what is the point yeah why the hell are you doing this and man i'm walking out and i'm like i can't believe that just happened i can't believe i'll never get those couple hours of my life back like I, i don't get this and somebody grabbed my shoulder and said hey man i know you probably don't believe me but i recognize you and I'm like, oh, he knows me from the band or the bar or somewhere, you know, like, holy shit. He said, no, I, I recognize you from when you got help about a year ago. I said, no way. You know, because he said, I, you know, I've been away for about a year and it, this is a couple months ago. Yeah. So I said, if you knew me when I started, there, I, there's no way, you know, like, I, I don't I don't really understand. He said, no, sir, I remember you. And he said, are you going to be? Are you going to be available when I get out of here in two weeks? And I was like, absolutely. And man, in a split second, I went from, I can't believe I just did that. That How the nerve of that guy to get in my face for volunteering my time. Well, he had to say that shit for this guy to sit in the corner and sit there politely and nicely for it to be over. For him to come up and say, thank you so much for doing what you did today. And I remember you. And can I call you when I get out? Bro. That's what it's all worth. I am not the Messiah. I'm not here to save people and follow the the path to the righteous man. That is not me, bro. Yeah. But if my phone rings and I can help, why the hell won't I? That's (laughs) such a big deal, man. Like, I mean. That's such a big deal. And availability. Availability. You know, I'm known as the... um, 
the late night guy. You know, you know, I was at Tito's for years and yeah. had the kitchen, and I was known as if you you run into a problem at three a.m. My phone, I, I'm just getting home. I'm eating dinner. Yeah. If you really are, because man, you want to talk about a lonely place? You know that place. Oh, we're all in the same schedule. We we you seclude at three a.m. Yeah. It's like we almost wait till people turn go to sleep. We have the world to ourselves. When when man, when I get myself alone and I like to beat myself up, it's like. My, my inner self's going, I got you now, bitch. Yeah. Now I got you alone. Now I'm going to beat you to death. You know, you got nobody, nowhere to raise a flag. Even if you do raise a flag, nobody's going to see it because it's 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So see how making myself available to help from 3 to 6 in the morning actually helped me because people started calling. So it yeah. got me out of my own shit. To help somebody out of their recent shit. And not only that, it strengthens that aspect of you to when you're that, that, and I, I said this in the last podcast, people probably think I'm fucking crazy, but <laughs> I, uh, but I, 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 I deal with these voices in your head and it's not necessarily voices in your head, but it's like you, you talking to yourself, it's your conscious saying, okay, you, you, you aren't good enough or you didn't do this well. And, and I'm just saying hypothetically, just to not reveal what mine actually says to me, sure. but just like it, it, it equips you better to fight that that demon that lives in your head that's just spewing negativity at you and shit and like this is not what I'm about I'm not defined by this yeah and this is just it it it, it strengthens the you, like the 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 black dog or the white dog mm-hmm. you either feed your black dog or your white dog and whichever one you feed more is the one that is stronger so if you spend all this time feeding your negative dog Whenever it comes time for your negative dog to fight your positive dog, your positive dog is malnourished and cannot keep up with the negative dog. So feeding your positive dog is, or or by you being able to help somebody or get that nourishment from taking all of this shit right here, when your negative dog is just ready to fucking end this guy's world because... That guy's tough. Negative yes. dog has been doing push ups. Yeah, negative dog is legit. Like, we got, yeah, well, I mean, negative dog is legit, but positive dog is also a bad motherfucker who is finally getting to work out. Mm-hmm. And, he, and, and because he's been neglected for so long, when you finally start working them out, they're the most loyal thing that you'll ever have. Right. And that's a hard thing to, uh, that's a hard thing to hone in in the beginning. And I was actually going to ask you, does does that have a little, and I don't know how far into this you want to go either, but that has a, does that have a little bit why why you you, uh, you left Tito's is just getting out of that? Yeah. Um, getting out of that like a... Sort of. Um, lifestyle or not necessarily lifestyle, but... Uh, but the hours and the and I, I'm we can't shed the hours. I don't know if you're like me, but fucking yeah. five years later, I'm still on the same schedule I was when I worked at Tito's. Like I'm still up till five in the morning every night, and I can't help it. Yeah, yeah. No drugs, pure air, and that's just how it, that's how it happens. Well, you know, I, I just knew again. If you have enough pain, you'll make a change. Yeah, and so I, I was like. I didn't understand why why things weren't working. I didn't understand why uh, um, 
all these different variables. And I started being real um, meticulous on my numbers, and they were going down. And I'm like, what the hell? You know, like it's, it's, it's me. I need to change the food, and I did everything. I need to go in early. I need, I need to be there more. I, yeah. And I'm already working my ass off. So let's well, – well, if things aren't working, we'll just add more hours. No, man. All that did was add more stress and add more, more time than I was working and not making money for it. Yeah, the stress is not worth the money yeah. in, in any occasion. And, no matter how much money. So it it, it, it kind of was like this really off balance. Like my buddy was like, dude, you know, you work with others all every chance you get. Any minute you're off when you're when you're 3 a.m., your phone's ringing, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it seems like you always kind of um, your life's like a snow globe. And and everything when you're working with others and when when everything's chill, all that snow and that snow globe is just chilling on, on the scenery. Inside. Oh, yeah. But the minute you walk into Uncle Tito's, it goes like this. Shake, 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 shake. And it's oh, just dude. like, and it's inevitable. It's, it's, oh, I know. That's the life. That's the, you know, half of my friends are in there, man. So it, it was a lot harder than people thought of. Is like, shit, dude. Again, going to get the donut every day for seven years. Oh, yeah. Even though I didn't necessarily like fill in the blank, I still kind of miss him. Because yeah. I'm used to seeing their dumbass every day. Exactly. Day. You know, so it's like, and no, I'm not going to reveal what exactly dumbass I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we know. I mean, that is a proverbial dumbass, by the way. Yeah, but, yeah, there's not an actual person that no, we're talking about. Absolutely not. Um, but more or less, like, I, I knew that a, a big change needed to be made. And I, I kind of hit this glass ceiling sort of like in, in almost like what it felt like my sobriety, like nothing's moving. I thought, you know, once you're over a year and you, you, you know, you're working with others and all these things that things are going to change and I'm still in the same spot. I, I'm not gaining any ground. Yeah. And that was the, the kind of like, hold up. Remember when you raised the white flag the first time surrender to win? And it worked out for you. That's when I was like, you know what? I might try this again. You, hey, I'm not going to burn it down like I used to. Hey, when I quit a job, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're pretty cool. Fuck you. I'm out. Yeah. No, man. This time I said, thank you for the opportunity. I can't do this anymore. This will be my last date. I'll do anything I can, can to help you in transition. But I have to do this. And nobody really fought me on it. There were people that didn't want me to go. Yeah. For sure. For sure, but the most part for the whole, there were people calling and congratulating me. Yeah, I'm well, you, so glad you got out of there, Josh. Yeah. Not that I'm better. I'm. That's one of the hardest hardest parts of sobriety and keeping friends that are still in this life. For some reason, they feel like you, you're portraying this persona like you're better. And bro, I am no better than fucking anybody that walks on this earth. Yeah, absolutely. I, I my shadow. Is is dark and deep, you know. Yeah. It goes a long way. I'm not people a f- have a hard people have a hard time dealing with folks who try to better themselves and take offense to sure the, um, you bettering yourself as to saying that they need to do the same or that they're not where you are. Yeah, you know, and I mean, it, it's wild, man. Now, part of you know people that call and contact me for help. Um, and again, I'm so humbled and just so glad that I have a, f- that I'm have a phone to answer. I'm glad that I'm, I'm able to speak, to talk while I'm on the phone. Yeah. I'm grateful for a lot of things these days and the, the simple ability just to be there for, again, that person that might not have any hope left on the planet, 
that might be that might be the last call that they're making. If they don't answer this phone, that's it. I'm gonna go grab that shotgun. You don't know that. Exactly. You never know that. People always say Anthony Bourdain, um, uh, Kate Spade. Always. Say, Why didn't they tell somebody? If they just would have told somebody. I'm gonna tell you something. About six months ago, I wanted to kill myself. I was like, I'm done. I can't do this. I'm sober. You know, I, I got just got like completely my my love life got flipped upside down. There was like affairs and all this stuff, and I'm like, while I was sober, like what? While I was doing the right thing by God, and yeah, and I was just like, you know what? I don't want to drink. I don't want to use. But I don't really want to live anymore. So I hit this point, and I was like, I, I kind of want to die. And I, I, I called some people, um, not the right people, and I said, you know, I, I can't do this Tito's anymore because every night I get off work, I, I want to kill myself. And they said, uh, just buckle down. Just, you just make it through the season again. I said, did you hear what the hell I just said? Yeah, right? Like, that, that can't just be, like, skated past. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Again, I want to die. I don't want to be here no more. And the only commonality I can have in that is it usually comes about an hour after I get home from work at 4 in the morning. There's no one for me to call. I'm normally that guy that you call. And this is a couple months ago, so I'm not really working with too many people yet. Six months ago, probably. And it was like, that was when I, I really said, you got to do something different. This is this is almost like early sobriety again. You you've reached this point where you're you're not wanting to take accountability and you're you're not wanting to really look at these things. I'm 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 like um, deferring myself. Yeah, you know, exactly. I'm, I'm pointing the finger again instead of saying, you know what, so I'm doing something wrong here. Remember, I'm hey, I'm working more. I'm I'm putting in more hours. Yeah. I, fuck yeah. I didn't make much money. I'll do some more specials and take some more risks and put something else on the menu and then lose money next week. And now I added more stress to myself and all this shit. But man, when I finally was like, hold up, I have a choice. And I started to feel that that hopelessness again yeah. of like I don't have a choice in this. There, it's again when you start thinking it's a good idea to end your own life, you're not going down a good road. You're not in a good spot. But I I literally I said this to someone. I want to die, and they didn't hear it. And all I kept thinking of was, I wonder how many people Anthony Bourdain said I want to die to before he actually did it. Oh yeah, I guarantee you it wasn't zero. Oh, one hundred percent. You know what I mean? But you can't I've, I've been there. What are you gonna stop? Like like I've been there. And that that's the thing where where it was the only person that's gonna get you out of this is you. Absolutely. Um now you can have your faith and I, I suggest that you find yourself in a hole, the best thing you can do is find a faith, some sort of I don't care what it is, but have something because it, the same hole that you found yourself in that you kept crawling into, you're asking the same guy to get yourself out of it. Yeah. So if it doesn't work anymore, you know, it's something else is going to have to help you. Absolutely. And, and it does take, I will say that it, it does take uh, getting to a point of saying, I really need to talk to somebody seriously about this thing because just uh, 
just like say talking about Brody Stevens earlier, like he just didn't want Zach Galifianakis said, I knew that he didn't want anybody to see him in this situation. Like he had a reputation basically to uphold as I'm the funny guy. I'm the guy that makes everybody laugh. Yeah. And I don't want no, I don't want anybody to see otherwise. I don't want anybody to see this other person. And I I was that like I, I I had, you know, I'm the happy guy, happy go lucky all the time. I want to make everybody laugh. I, just wanted to be that person, but it doesn't always work out like that. And it just didn't work out like that at all yeah. towards, towards the, the getting down to where I was like, I really just want to want to die. And just going, like you said, going around all the time, like, well, how are you doing? Oh, well, I just literally just want to die. I'm sick of the shit and I'm ready to get out of here. And yeah. And then they laugh and then they laugh because I'm the funny guy. Right. Yep. So, oh, he's making a joke. Yeah. You and, and you're walking away going, I was fucking serious. Yeah. Be like if and, they only knew. And they, they're, they're, they're just laughing and they, they're talking about tacos. They're talking yep. about whatever. And you're yep. like, um, I just, you know, they say raise a flag. If you're in trouble, I just raised a huge flag. that says, I want to die. Yeah. <laughs> and you said, um, can I get some hot sauce with that? And you're yeah. like, is anybody listening? Yeah. <laughs> Does anybody <laughs> care? <laughs> but that's, you know, I mean, I will say this too. Yeah. Um, something I found out that's a little bit scary, and I guess, you know, not to promote or anything like that, um, but it's not very uncommon to um, quit whatever you were doing, get sober um, for a year to have those thoughts. Oh, because. Yeah. You're seeing the clearest you've ever seen, maybe in your adult life. Like I'm seeing the clearest I've ever seen since I was 15. So, yes, in my adult life. And here's the crazy thing. You're seeing crystal clear. You're seeing all of your character defects staring at you right in the middle and in the mirror. All of them. I mean, they're gleaming. Yeah. They are like, holy shit, now I know I was drinking because I didn't like how I looked in the mirror. I, I, I'm overweight. Oh, I didn't like how my, I'm, getting, I'm getting gray. Uh, you, could, yeah. you could pick out nine billion things that you don't Absolutely. like about yourself. That, you know, our, our biggest battle, our biggest demon is this guy. 100%. You are your own worst enemy in every, every aspect of your life. Every aspect. Bro. I just said it. I got the reputation for for fighting a buzzsaw. When I went and got help, I I walked in like this. I said, let me tell you something. I'm afraid of two things, God and my father, and you ain't either one of those. Yeah. Now. (laughs) Now, where do we go from here? No, when I got honest with myself, when I really got honest, I was afraid of everything. Afraid of uh, abandonment, afraid of rejection, afraid of... um, uh, Security. I yeah. mean, all these things that I, I, I remember, God and my father. Now, here's the funny thing. I don't fear God or my father now, either one of them, at all. Because my God is a loving God, and my father's my father. Yeah. Now, some of those fears, they're still there. They're still present, but they're not as bad as they used to be. Some of them are pretty much completely gone. And, and some things like, you think are fear and some huh. things that you used to fear, like you get to the point where you're like, is this what I've been scared of the whole time? Like yeah. for me, that was being alone. You know, one of the, I don't, I don't know. Um, before my buddy Victor died a week, a week before he passed away, um, he came to the bar and 
we went outside and I knew he was going through some issues and stuff. And, um, and he was always my guy. He was always who I called when he was the guy that I called at three in the morning. Hey, wake up. I got some problems to talk about. Yeah. And he was coming by to, you know, looking for advice or whatever. I didn't really have too much to offer back then. Um, because my, my advice was, let's go do a shot. Let's yeah. drink some more. I don't know. That's how I handle everything else, all my other problems in the past. But I'll never forget, I, I turned it around on me. I was making it, even though he came and asked for my help, I made it about me. Well, I'm going through the same shit, bro, and I'm having the same, you know, um, uh, relationship problems, and I'm, you know, I'm going through the same thing. And, but, but I'll tell you what I'm really afraid of. And I looked at my friend straight in the eyes, and I told him I was afraid of death. I said, I'm afraid of dying, man. Like, like I have this fear. Of, I'll wake up in the middle of the night of just dying, not how I'm going to die. I surf. I'm not afraid of getting eaten by a shark. I'm just afraid of the actual death. Life after death. If there is life. That's the next step. For some reason, I've always had a a real intense fear of that, right? Yeah. And so I'm telling it. And with the calmest demeanor, with with the the easiest eyes, he looked at me and said, Josh, it's going to be okay, man. He said, everything's going to be okay. It was like this wave came across me like, he's right. Now, it took me years to, to get over my fear of death. And, and it's, it's slowly like oh, for sure. just, just easing, chipping away, you know. Um, and it's pretty much, pretty much gone these days. But the, the insane thing about it all is he died almost a week later. And it was a sudden death. And it, it wasn't you know, accident and whatever else. But I, just the time of events, how, how everything played out, it was like, not that it was his last words or anything like that, but that was God, my version of God speaking through him, giving me a message that everything was going to be okay. And yes, in his absolutely. death, when I, I, one of four of us, I think four or five of us got to say his last words. And that was, I don't really remember what I said, but I somewhat told that story. And I remember saying, everything's going to be okay. And for the first time I believed it. And it took me a while after that, but I'll always put that in my mind. Like you're going to start living life right again. You haven't always lived life the wrong way. And somewhere you kind of got veered off on this path because we're all going to the same place regardless. Oh yeah. It's just, some of us do this and some of us do that. Some of us run, some of us walk. We all go in the same place. But when I got going down that path, it was like you almost get to the point of point of no return. Like, fuck it. I might as well just keep going. Just you like know? that martini that was half drank. Yeah. And so I never like a, a pretty serious issue, like afraid being afraid of death. That's a pretty serious issue, man. Oh, absolutely. Children shouldn't be thinking like that. That's the part of life. Just like the yin and yang, there's beauty in death. There's a lot of beauty in death. It's hard. Yes. It's, hard. it's just a part of life. It's just another part of life. Yeah, but but if you, like that dog, negative dog, if you've been yes. feeding on that issue, if you've been feeding the negative side your whole life, positive side on that issue ain't very strong. What if you? What if it were whenever you get to the other side and after you do die, the only thing that is on the other side is whichever dog you fed the most, right? 
I, I, ooh, I like that. I've never even thought of that perspective. Me neither. Until just <laughs> yeah. And to me, man, that, that's a, that's a God wink. That's a God. You, yeah. you, you know, you wrote that, but I don't know if it was original. You oh, one hundred percent, dude. I am a proprietor of that. Like knowing that, I, that there's a lot of things that get said and uh, that that I say even that I'm like that didn't come from me. Right. That was not me. You know that that that, that says whatever. And I'm not not not. I mean, maybe what whatever I just said was something like that. But I love it when something happens and it comes out and it's like you've never thought of it or heard it before and it's like this had to come from somewhere else. Yeah. And it, that that to me in itself right there was my connection with faith. And it was like these all these undeniable kind of things started happening. And you oh, can yeah. say, well, that was either me or that was somebody else. And that wasn't me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's like, who else was it? And, and that's when things started to become easier. When it was like, I don't have to have control of these things. My opinion doesn't matter. And all I really have to do is be held accountable for what I did. Yeah. It makes this whole go around easier. It makes you more approachable. It makes your your um, options just skyrocket. When you don't care, then when you don't really have an opinion, you yeah, don't exactly. really, really exactly. care. What does it matter? When you don't have a dog in the race, you can enjoy the fight. Or you, or when you don't care about either team, you can enjoy the game. Yeah, exactly. You got no invested interest in either side. Yeah, it doesn't. It it's yin and yang. That's like saying I enjoy the nighttime way more than I enjoy the daytime. Uh, okay, but I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know, like in order for there to be the nighttime, there has to be the day. Oh, for sure. So. Like us, we stay up most of the night. That's our musician kind of. Yeah. It's going to be ingrained in our blood, man. I'm, you know, I'm probably going to be the 3 a.m. guy for a long time. Oh, same here, know? buddy. But I'm I'm okay with that. Same I mean, here. And that's I mean, if if I have to incorporate that into to my makeup, that's fine. But what I also know is nothing has to stay the same. You can we yes. we can retrain ourselves absolutely. That, this Anything whole, can change at any given time. This as whole long old as you dog, make up your mind to do so. This whole old dog you can't teach an old dog new tricks is bullshit. Absolutely, you can't is. teach a stubborn dog new tricks. Fucking ain't right to that. There's a difference, Amen. a huge difference. If absolutely. You, if you don't want to change, then you ain't gonna change. That's what that old dog means. Oh, it ain't got nothing to do with age. It's got nothing, everything to do with your fucking hard head. Absolutely, your stubbornness, that the callus that you've been working really hard on for your 60, 70, 80 years on this planet. Hey, man, that's how I was raised. That's how I've always done things. Well, if you've always done things the wrong fucking way, then it might be time to change. Absolutely. You want to take it to your grave that way? That's what insanity well, just is. just because I always done things that way? That's that's like the dude that goes and talks to the KKK guys. He goes, you know you can stop thinking like this, like, I don't know, right now if you want. There's no, there's there no ain't nobody going to jump out and be like, whoa, there's no rules here. you're not in the KKK no more. No, no, dude. You can say, you know what? And it, this is, the, the, you got to look this guy up. He has robes. He, he gives, when people decide and they say, you know what? Kind of not your right or whatever, but they, he's talked people out of the clan and they give him his robes. He goes to his house and he's got like, and the dudes that interview him, he goes, this is creepy as shit, bro. Like you got him like displayed. And he goes, not like it's a victory to him, but he looks at him like, that's one less fucking hate that I had something to do with to get out of this world. So I'm going to display it like a damn trophy. 
Those people, are st- they're still friends. They still go fishing. That's beautiful, still, man. You know what I'm saying? That's like, what we need more of in the world, man. That's yeah. what we need more of. And there's not enough people that are, that are willing to, to do that and have conversations. And I, and I try to bring this up on Facebook with with uh, just folks in my family or or whatever, just, just, just seeing that there are people who see somebody that has a different opinion than them in, in a comment section of something that I post on Facebook arguing with somebody who has and obviously neither one of these people are going to change the other one's mind sure. but just feel, finding a common ground with this person rather than saying oh well they believe that this blah 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 should go down this way or that we should have this wall or this person believes we shouldn't have this wall or whatever and I am and this is as far as I care. That's as far as I care to, or, or as much as I care to learn about this person. Right. I don't care to learn anything else. Once I learn that one thing that I don't agree with, that's as far as I care to take this. And that is what's wrong right now. That's why we are so divided as a nation, not nation necessarily, but as a world, really. Mm-hmm. Why we're so divided as humans is just people are too concerned with the thing that that someone does that they don't agree with rather than the thousand other things that they would agree that, with on this person. Do. Like, fuck, I bet both of you like Star Wars. Talk about that maybe instead of the politics and shit. Because you know what? In 1967 or 19 fucking whatever, when the, these people went to the went to the voting booth to vote for whoever they voted for and they went back to work the next day, they didn't quit talking to the friends you know why because they didn't know who they fucking voted for yeah they kept that and shit to they themselves. kept that shit to themselves because they didn't know mm-hmm. and when you don't know and you don't have to be invested in that sort of communication with somebody the the world and and i'm not saying the world is a better place because there was a lot of shit that was wrong in the 60s like segregation and fucking just a real racism sure. not just the kind of thing where somebody slips up and says something on twitter that can be uh misconstrued to mean something but actual fucking racism like yeah. if i had a hate. like if we were hate. hate real hate like if we were not in front of a bunch of people i could kill you with no no problem and that happened a lot in the 60s mm-hmm. but as far as people like the world being more people being more accepted of every of other things i guess well, maybe maybe not so much but just just as far as the political thing goes like not many people were fighting over politics and shit back then right right and maybe maybe they were i wasn't there but but i just don't don't think that people would have been as apt to get in the kind of arguments that are going on today back then i think here's the difference you know i thought about this the other day i was like somebody said you know everybody has their own opinion and blah blah yeah. blah and and, and it's like it matters with your how many times have you seen well this is my page and if you don't like it you can get off or I'm yeah, going exactly. to you. Okay, whatever. It's not your page. It's, it's Facebook. It's public. Yeah. You're you're putting it in And who benefits from that? It's your home. So if you want to hang a hate flag from your home, somebody's probably going to stop by and go, "Hey man, what's up with the hate on your fucking wall?" Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like I mean against anything. I hate 
fill in the blank. It don't matter. You know, somebody's going to have a problem with that. So when you're promoting that in a public forum, it's not just your page anymore. Yeah. So, and here's the difference. Exactly. You know what I remember growing up, there was a little gas station in Surfside called the Sunspot. It was, um, Delhi gas station. I remember gas was 99 cents a gallon. We had a, uh, <laughs> my dad's, if my dad hears this, he's going to die. Um, we had a, a running account. So me and my sister could go by there and just get Deli sandwiches. Oh, that just, was a thing back in the day. Credit uh, credit convenience store. Yeah, absolutely. They just they just ran a tab, and so yep. I'd take all my friends there after surfing, and we all go eat or whatever. But what I remember about the Sunspot was all the all the dignified guys, all the you know the businessmen, the whatever. You'd always see them in the corner at the diff- different um, tables drinking their coffee. They always had the the bottled Coca Cola with the peanuts put in it. Oh yeah. Oh dude, that's where I learned how to have the peanuts in the in the Coca Cola. I wanted to be grown like them and Southern my, delicacy by the way a yeah. bag of, uh, the bag of peanuts and a coca-cola has to be the glass bottle though not the plastic but anyway so but I remember all the all the dignified guys doing this holding their papers yeah now what do you think they're they're reading the same shit like we are now now it's, yeah. it's more readily available absolutely now and and you know other than the what, sun news and coastal whatever you had two two options so yeah. it didn't really vary that much but they still talked about it. Yep. But here's the difference of these days. So you you watch somebody, even if you don't know the people, they get in an argument. They start. They find differences. They say, "Well, I'm this way, and I yeah. feel this way." And then what happens next? I'll beat your ass. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm allergic to it. ignorant people. Yeah, I know. Bless you times too. <laughs> but, but every time, I mean, I've had it to me. You know, if you say something, first of all, if you say something that's really got depth and really makes a point. That's like a one-way ticket to a Facebook ass beating, man. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? You, you make me look dumb, I'll beat your ass. Yeah. Oh, why? Well, because, me Kroger then. Yeah. yeah. Why? Because Shut I have up. a different fate, because I have a different political opinion? Right. Like, I mean, I, I'm bigger than you. I mean, the dumbest shit yeah. you've ever seen. Here's the difference between the sunspot. Now, if you've got a dignified gentleman sitting there reading the paper and he says, hey, why, what do you feel about Trump and whatever? And somebody goes, if you like fucking Trump, fucking you're an idiot. And he goes, well, actually, I voted for Trump. And, you know, why do you think I'm an idiot? Well, blah, blah, blah. And, he, and then he says some, some real shit. Well, the economy, this, and real facts, you know, yeah. real this. Well, so I'll beat your ass. That's where it goes. That guy might go, oh, yeah? Okay. <laughs> you want to step so? outside like a gentleman? Yeah. You can't t- ask somebody. You can't tap well, somebody on the shoulder on Facebook and say, let's step outside like, yeah, like a man. Exactly. So you got the keyboard warriors. You got the people that say, oh, my opinion matters the most. But now I'm hiding under an IP address that you can't ever find me. And uh, that don't, but that don't really matter. Yeah. And I'm not, I might not, not even be the person that's in my Facebook profile. Yes. I'm actually a 60 year old woman in Sioux Falls, Iowa. But I, my opinion matters so much that I'm going to threaten you physically. Did somebody <laughs> I keep going back to Sioux Falls. I don't well, know what it is. Well, you're saying, too, another thing uh, that, that's different these days, and, I, and we've, we've gone well over two hours. And we'll be wrapping this up shortly, and I, oh, I, but I, I know, you're, I know you're, uh, you've had a long day ahead of you, but, or, or a long day behind you. But anyway, then uh, I told you exactly what was going to happen. You I was did. like, the average listener is, is, is uh, we'll, we'll stay logged in for about 15 minutes, and we'll say we'll try to shoot for an hour and a half, and we'll go over, too. Right. But uh, call like the day is, man. I've been doing this a while. But uh, but seriously, the the one thing that's majorly different now is back in those days. You there could be different 
um, newspapers that you could get, mm-hmm. but they all told the same story. Sure. Now with 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 the modern newspaper, everybody gets to be able, gets to see things that are molded to their sort of the things that they want right. are interested in or things that they want to read about. Now you like, for instance, if these newspaper, every single newspaper, these guys were reading back then, what if every single newspaper only were geared towards the things that they believed? Because that's what's going on. Now people are, people are able to, Oh, I don't like what they say on Fox News, and I can watch CNN or vice versa. Or I don't like what they, I don't like the videos they're playing on MTV. I'm going to go to VH1. It's in every aspect of it now. People can just go to whichever place that sells the stories that they like the most, and that's where they can get all of their information from. Yeah. Rather than Walter Cronkite telling us this is exactly what the fuck happened, and now you can make your opinion on. Uh, on how you feel about this situation, which I am more a fan of facts than I am people's opinion on them, which is more so why I enjoy listening to things like Joe Rogan and other podcasts, because they're really giving you the facts. And yeah, there's some opinions sprinkling sprinkled in there, but the big opinions, like you don't, the, the big opinions aren't voiced. Like you don't know, who this person voted for mm-hmm. you don't unless they want to go down that road and tell you but usually if they go down that road and tell you who they voted for then they're probably not they're, then that's probably just something that they're 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 opening a door to argue about because that's what people are doing for fun now is just arguing for fun right but well it's sort of like the way i see it like i'm glad you said walter cronkite too because now because everybody's opinion matters yeah because Anybody can have a podcast. No offense. Oh, yeah, yeah, anybody exactly. can ha- can can post this to millions. Everybody has of, a platform. Everybody does. Yep. Now it sort of discredits Walter Cron- Cronkite. We yep. used to trust him. We, 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 he exactly. Was, he wasn't an elected official, but he got that position for a reason. Yep. Started out here. This market trusted him. Hey, let's put him to national level. Put it there. Hell, the entire country trusts Walter Cronkite when he comes on TV. Yep. It's because we trust that guy. Now, how many times do you see, oh, well, because I read it on the Internet, it must be true. Yes. Now, dude, it's almost like there's more shit that isn't fact than, than there is. And I believe that's user error most of the time just because people are not inclined to look into what something says. People stop at headlines now. They'll read a headline and they and then they just share it off and then they don't read the article or what it says and they don't want to look into it and build their own opinions on this thing. Now it's almost like to to jump on the opinion. You want to oh, have the sure. first opinion. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Because for That's whatever right. reason our society thinks if we have the first opinion then everybody else is going to follow. Yeah. No. No, that's, that's why you yep. see the same shit being shared, um, different memes and whatever else. So oh, it's yeah. like, and, oh, you shared my meme. It wasn't yours. You yeah, found exactly. that somewhere and you shared it. You, you see yeah. what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah, for sure. Everybody thinks they're the first. When I was growing up, you wanted to find the band that nobody heard of. Here's, oh, here's yeah. the tape. You, here's the fire, bro. You ain't heard this band. They're from Sioux Falls, Iowa. <laughs> Yes. Come on, balls. How you doing? <laughs> God, but you know what I mean. Seriously, that, yeah. That that's that. You know, and now, just like on the internet, and, and you know, when our music career ended, and Tintos ended, or whatever, it was like 
Everybody said it's just a different game. You don't get in a bus and travel around the country anymore to get your music out there. You have to have a guerrilla style internet because oh, yeah. you can get to millions of people now and not thousands by getting in a bus and burning up gas that's four dollars a gallon and not ninety nine cents. No shit. And that's that's it's the whole game changer. But at the same time, just like finding something true on the internet. Find me a good band that nobody hasn't heard of on the internet. There's about nine billion shitty bands, but find oh, yeah. me a good one. That that, I mean, a, a good one. It's finding a needle in a haystack. Same thing with media. Same, bro. I have a friend that that um, wrote for a really reputable um, a newspaper, uh, and newspapers are about done. They yep. the, the, the actual, and that's that's sad, man. There's it a is. lot of memories I have with that. That's people are just not gonna. The, the the Sunday paper, man, that thing weighed like ten pounds. Not anymore. You know, like, uh, uh-uh, uh, bro. Now, and that yeah, that was stories. Yeah. Now, it's ads. Now it's things to like coupons sell and you. shit sell to, to sell you. That's thicker than the newspaper is now. Or or it's, it's drama. It's you know. The, oh yeah. The, the, yeah here's the scandal. Sure. Here's the news scandal. All, all the stories that used to be saved for the Enquirer oh, yeah. is now actually headlines. But again. Speaking up for my friend, because um, this really grinds his gears. And he said, every time he sees somebody uh, say, you know, if it wasn't for the media mani- manipulating this, you know, we would be thinking different ways. And he'd be like, what media are you talking about? Because I'm, I'm in the media. The one you follow? And, and, yeah. And exactly. He goes, so I'm in the media. So you, basically you're just saying, so since you're Irish, then all Irish people feel this way. Yes. You're speaking for an entire group that's, of, you know, and so. It, that's racism. Yeah. And so it's like, same thing against journalism. Yeah. So this guy's out there doing honest work, really trying to give you facts, the story. And there's there's stuff like, uh, kind of like the story with the Ku Klux Klan guy. guy. He, he had told this story about going through downtown in the urban parts, and it wasn't like what you hear in the media. Yeah. He was like, here's actual pictures of people helping people and of different races. And this is what's really going on. So, and that's the kind of journalism he did. Oh, yeah. Just like good journalists, <coughs> find me a good journalist on the internet. Same with that same good band. So of course you're like the media blows. Yeah. Because there's 900 billion shitty wannabe journalists yeah. that have their own platform. Yeah, exactly. That, that have 14,000 followers for whatever fucking reason. But, you know, and it, but in the grand scheme of things, 14,000 is nothing. Oh, absolutely. It's a pencil. It's a pen drop. So, yeah, if you're talking about the collective media as a whole, like everybody who has the who has the ability to put out content, then you're probably right. Exactly. So why, that's why we don't have a Walter Cronkite right now because – there's too many avenues to trust. Well, I trust Kelsey. Well, I trust such and such podcast. Well, I trust this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not wrong because I trust you, and they're not wrong because they trust him. Absolutely. But there's too many damn avenues. We didn't have 487 channels of news to choose from when Walter Cronkite had to tell us something. 100%. And because we trusted him. For the same way when we elect you know, officials into office. Yeah. We trust them to do that job. We have a voice. Our only voice is to put the people there that we 
feel might be the best. But the actual, you think we still have a voice in making the real decisions? No, Fuck man. no. We, we haven't had that in years. We just gave that we away. Have, we have the illusion of choice. Exactly. We have the illusion of choice. That's what we vote for. We we vote so that we have the illusion that we actually have a choice. And we, we don't. We don't have a choice in this situation. And, 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 and in our own personal lives, we have all the choice. Yeah. We have, we're, we're given all of the free will in our own lives to choose what we want to do. But as far as how things in the world goes and how things in Washington go or bills and things like that, we don't have a choice. That is all them. Right, right. And just understanding that, I think, and, and having and having this venue and just knowing that I understand there's so many people who have this. Uh, this this ability in this soapbox to stand on this hypothetical soapbox or digital soapbox to stand on rather, and a lot of them use it negatively. And I really just believe that at least doing that, people are able to voice their own opinions. And I think that that is a, that's a huge win in in the world of free will because there's not enough people who want to believe things on their own. Rather, they just want to select from things that other people believe and things that they're told they should believe by people who they've chosen to trust, like either Fox News or CNN or NBC or whatever the big three are. they, They say, okay, well, my news station says this. This news station says that. They're covering the same story from two completely different aspects and one of them's incorrect yeah and probably both of them yeah there, there's only bits of truth and exactly in one of them. just like the game telephone man i don't care if the situation happened here if you take any situation and move it to there it ain't the same situation no more. not at all not not even close you know that that's like um somebody ever says to you well um you know this happened i heard this situation happen between you and such and such and you say well here's my side of the story and they say well i've already heard it but they weren't in the situation that they're talking about no then you haven't heard the side yeah. of the story. You, you've heard half of that story and how much of half of you heard was the truth Maybe half of that. So by my math, you've heard a quarter of the story. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. But so try to get a 25% on a test you take in, in, in any kind of class and see what kind of grade you get. Right. right. See what I'm saying? Yeah, and people like, are so quick to think that they know what happened just because. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, just for instance, you know, I said, you know, th- I can't believe this guy did this in, to somebody. And they said, oh, well, I mean, you know, that, that didn't happen because I've known them for this long. I've known them my whole life. So that completely erases their inability to do what I just said they did. And by the way, which is the truth, because I have no yeah, reason to lie about it. Exactly. Like, but bec- you, you just null and voided that because of your history with the person. You, you're literally living an illusion that this is like this world runs on your clock. Yeah. That this. Oh, well, I mean, they couldn't have done that. A lot I'm, of people knew Ted Bundy. Yeah, dude. For a long time. Yeah, dude. That's some scary shit. And that's, but that's the truth. Like, I mean, you, you, uh, you immediately, immediately take, I guess, control of any situation that, that doesn't favor you, that doesn't hold on. You know, um, I, I have to, you have to be telling, telling, um, a lie right now because this person has told me truths in the past and it might not have anything to do with what we're talking about yeah. now but you need to be able to believe them so exactly if i'm telling you that person lied 
your first response is going to be, no, they didn't, because you're worried about all the things that you need. All the need. truth points that they've built up with they, that person. And you years. need them to be telling the truth. Yeah. So, and, and if you tell them, that, hey, nope, they actually lied, they're not worried about your situation. They're going back going, Boy, what the, wonder if they ever lied to me. Probably so. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's that's the. Again, we like to do this when things start coming back. Yeah. You know, our way, and that's that's just the natural. I don't know. The, the um, I don't know when we learned that. I, I don't yeah. know how that was programmed into us, but that's something I think we have to learn. We have to learn to take accountability for our actions. It's like, however you want to put it, um, God's teaching you a lesson, whatever. I don't know how many times I've heard, if you didn't learn the lesson, you you will get it again until you yep. get that lesson. So that's why I started seeing my life go in those circles. I was like, why is this happening again? Because apparently I didn't learn my fucking lesson. And it'll continue to happen until you do. Until you do. And that's when stepping yep. out of Tito's, making that difference, making changes in my life. Boom. Imagine that. Different things start happening. Everything falls into place when you do the right things. Yeah, and that's what people we tell don't, people. People don't people don't take into account how easy it is to do the right thing. Simply do the right thing. If, if you do the right thing one time and see things fall into place, and there's somebody, there's 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 people that we both know very well who have a lot of really good things going on that just make like a couple of really wrong choices, and then everything is just taken away from them. Yep, and that's not that's not the way this game works mm-hmm. that's not the way this game works and there's there's no there's no prize at the bottom of that box there's no prize at the bottom of that box if you just continue to do the wrong things but if you make the right choices the right doors will continue to open your phone will continue to ring and you won't have the 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 stress that you will be saving is worth the money that you will lose by making the right choice and i know that because when i decided to step away from the fucking workforce and just working to make somebody else fucking money and just started doing what i wanted to do and what made me happy yeah, I struggled my ass off for a couple of years, but then guess what? The money started showing up. Not, and I'm not talking about big money. I'm talking about enough money to live comfortably. Enough, just enough. And and now, and now, and of course, last last podcast I did, I was just whining about being broke, basically. But now I'm broke in March instead of November, right? And that's the difference. I'm still going through the same struggles that I've always had because I'm a musician. We're not allowed to make money unless we're on TV. <laughs> and I'm not talking about like on YouTube TV. I'm talking about like on the Grammys. <laughs> Musicians, unless right, unless you're in that, unless you're in that circle, like on the radio and, and doing all that, you're not making any money. If you can survive off hundred bucks a night. <laughs> yeah, because you know what? What bands played when Tom? I played gigs with Tom Smith, who lives across the street, and we 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 talk all the time when he first joined the Mullets. Which was thirty fucking years ago. <laughs> Bands made I'm a hundred a man, and that's what we make today. A hundred a man, yeah. And that's that's just all there is to it. There's not a lot of money to be made. But you know what? Not deciding to go out and drink every night. Not deciding to drop a hundred and fifty bucks on a ball to put up my fucking nose. Or uh, uh, not not the. 
<laughs> well, actually, that was a half a ball, 150 <laughs> bucks. But seriously, not not deciding to do that, and the same with you, like not you deciding to make changes in your life and doing things to better you, and now you are being rewarded in in having your positive dog fed by being able to help all these people. And I'm really fucking proud of you, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Dude. I don't want to, and uh, I, I uh, yeah, I want to, we definitely want to wrap it. We, we, we've on audio have gone over two and a half hours, my friend. <laughs> and I love it. This is good talk. Like and we, and I've gotten, Jeff Thomas actually sent me a message. We did really good. Bradley Parker. Y'all are some strong dudes. Abby said, "Great talk. Everybody, everybody's pretty. Uh, I think we're getting a lot of positive feedback. We had a lot of live watchers tonight too, so a lot of people saw this live. And cool. You know, that's. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. Um, I guess a closing thought for me or whatever. Absolutely. Uh, the most rewarding thing in my life right now is that I'm of service. I'm available um, to help. So if uh, anybody listened." Um, and you, you're what I know you're scared, but if for whatever reason you trust me, like Walter Cron- Cronkite, get my number, Facebook message me, whatever, yeah. I'll do whatever I can, whatever I can to get you out of the hole that you're in, because I've been there and I know that there's a different life, a different way to live. So it's like being available now is, um, again, the, the most rewarding feeling and, it's something that I, I'm re- I'm required to do from myself. Yeah, um, it, it was um, uh, a promise I made to myself that I will always, because I was given this gift of life and sobriety, that if anybody ever approaches me, now you ain't gonna catch me out at bars going, "Hey man, do you, do you, I think you have a problem." That ain't never gonna happen. I, your your phone's never gonna ring, and it's gonna be me on the other end going, "I think you have a problem." But on the on the flip side, if you ever want to call me and you think you have a problem, I'm so willing to listen. I might not have the answers, and it's probably not going to be the answer that you're looking for. <laughs> but I, I know where there there's a solution. I know all kinds of different avenues and ways to go get help. It don't matter where you get help, but you can't do this alone. Yeah, I, very I, true. I've never seen anybody. I'm not saying I'm not saying they're not out there, but my friends. They, they didn't do it alone. And that, that when, when you start to realize that you don't have to go through life alone, you, you, you miss that seclusion, seclusion, seclusion feeling. Yeah. I guess that's what I was trying to say, <laughs> but you, you, you miss that. And so it's, it's, it's not, um, it's not a necessary part of your life anymore because you, you, you have common commonalities with other people yep. and it makes you feel like you belong, even though it's to a belong, a, a gang of misfits. We're a gang of misfits trying to get better, trying to live, Absolutely. trying to live a better life. And not only that, trying to help out, trying to just do the next right thing. I don't just, just help people get sober. I try to help people in any way, shape or form. Now that doesn't mean I'm, oh, yeah. I'm your personal taxi. That doesn't mean like, Oh, uh, Josh, I'm having financial problems. I ain't the guy to call for that kind of help. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. um, but I, I might, I'm, if you're caught inside your own head. Yeah. And, and I mean, just, just, um, if you don't feel like you have anybody to talk to, man, I love that my, that I'm available. And there, there are quite a few people these days that, um, don't, uh, I guess confide in me for sobriety, but more or less they know they can. 
They yeah. know that I'm not going to take anything they say anywhere else. That it's going to be between me and them. They trust me. Just like Walter Cronkite. I don't know fucking why. <laughs> Be Walter. But, you gotta, now you just got to grow the mustache. Yeah. But, but it's, it's something that I will always continue to do um, as I'm sober. And I, I think it's... Um, an integral part of my own sobriety to just be of service, just just to, to be, just to help. When I pray, the only thing I ever ask for myself is I say, God, help me help you. Help me help your children. Sometimes yeah. I don't feel like I can Use help. Me. I don't feel like I can help people that contact me. I, I don't have that skills. I don't have this. But I'm like, they contacted me for a reason. And just like I said earlier, that might be the last call they make. That's not up to me. That's not up to me whether they decide to make that decision. But if it's put in my lap, I'm going to do everything I can to make you not think that way anymore. The prayer the prayer of Jabez. Jabez. Jabez, broaden my territories, Lord. I like that. Read that. Read the prayer of Jabez. Um, St. Francis' prayer is one of my, one of my favorites. Um, uh, basically, it's better to love than to be loved. Okay. Um, and it, it goes deeper, you know, a lot, a lot. It's a pretty long prayer, but um, that's pretty much the gist of it. Is you know, um, it's better to love than to be loved, man. And that's you put that out, you put out love, and it's almost like that's that's what you're gonna get back. That, that's that's the actually the new title of the episode. <laughs> put out love, and that's what you get back. It's the better to love than be loved. Yeah, man, I like that. That's pretty hot. Um, you know, if we if we got through anybody or anything in the last two and a half hours or so, um, know this that uh, you don't have to be alone. You never have to be alone again. And you're not. You're already not alone. Even if you think you are, you're not. Yeah. And there's there's so many avenues. Pick up the fucking phone. Call and somebody. If you, and if you do think you're alone, just watch a scary movie. <laughs> because then you're not alone. Nobody's alone when they watch a scary movie. And then there's somebody everywhere. Oh, God. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I can't even do the scary movie. <laughs> All uh, right, Joshua. Well, uh, yeah, but good, good shit. I'm really proud of you. I'm really proud of the work that you're doing. And uh, I know you, we can't talk in specifics about exactly, you know, who you're working with and what you're doing. But uh, I'm really proud of you for that. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thank good you. job. It's, I can't thank you enough for having me again. And I think this is, um, well, I know... Um, did you ever watch Pump Up the Volume movie, Pump Up the Volume, with mm. Kelly Slater? Uh, you need to watch that movie. That needs to be Netflix tonight for you. Okay. About a, a gorilla um, radio show. He gets on the free airwaves and does um, mobile radio um, transmissions. Oh, and That's it's cool. Underground. So it was like the first podcast before there were podcasts. Um, Abby says, you're not the first one to be where you stand. It gets better as you get better. Very well said, Abby. Yeah. After 31 years. Yeah, and that's you know I, I love that. I love to know that I'm not walking this path alone. I got friends that have been you know sober for 30 and 40 years, and I got friends that have been sober for 30 minutes. You know, there's no yep. there's no spectrum, and we're all the same. Every we're all the damn same. one of us. It don't hold no prejudices, bro. None. Uh, what what's my friend say? From park bench to park place, it don't make a fuck. <laughs> I love it. That's dude. true. And that's that's. That's the real no truth right there. One hundred percent. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks I think for being it's here, a buddy. Killer thing you got going on, and best of luck to you. Well, and I appreciate that. Maybe we'll Thank do you. we'll do like a little uh, 
semi-annual or whatever we're going to call it. And I, as often as you want, buddy. Yeah, I look forward to seeing um, the, you know, the progress and, and being able to look back at these things and be like, wow, I, I even think of things differently now than I did six months ago. Exactly. The next time we see each other at Walmart in the middle of the night. Yeah. Like, dude, you know what happened? Yeah, yeah. And now I, now I thought of this really great point, by the way. We're like, great, Josh. Why didn't you think of that in the, the three hours that we talked before? <laughs> we'll get to that next time. There's always going to be a next time. I love you, man. I <laughs> love you back, buddy. Good, you get, always good to see you. Always good to see you. Yes, sir. All right, good talk. All right, audio folks, be good people. In a world full of shitty people, don't be one of those people. Yeah. Be a good person. Peace, bitches.